Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 160 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. And I am Bill, uh, a.k.a. Fighting Cowboy. Welcome, Bill. Thank you so much for joining us. We uh, we don't collab as often as we talk, but we, we anyway, <laughs> yeah, we, we got your channel down below. Please check them out for those awesome playthrough videos. Um, you may have and noticed the best T-shirt here. Look yes, at that monster man! I that. just picked up yeah. on that. <laughs> <Fucking> <laughs> a, this, is, baby. This, is, this is this is vintage. You can't even. That is old dude. school, bro. Really yeah, sad. Is. You can't. You can't <laughs> oh, be, right? I love that. Anyway, I said it was episode 160. Uh, those who pay very, very, very close attention will know that I think I said 158 last episode. I've been fucking up the numbers all along. Basically, what happened was I didn't add a certain episode to the playlist. So what happened was I was miscounting. I've been miscounting for like 10 episodes, pretty much. Um, this is a never-ending trial with the podcast. If you remember when Lone was on, when Noah was on, like we've been miscounting for fucking ever, it feels like. And one of these days, we will have months on end where we get the number right. But just now, it is actually episode 160. Uh, that's important for anniversary stuff. But anyway, if you want to flick, our buck, uh, flick a buck our way, you get early access to the podcast through the Patreon. That'll be linked down below, once again, along with Bill's channel. Please check that out. And now... Let's go over every single E3 conference that happened beginning with Microsoft. Microsoft, I think, had personally, the, out of all the first-party shows, we got Microsoft, PlayStation, Nintendo. I think Microsoft had the strongest one, personally. Let's just run down it all, starting with whoever would like to go first, just talking about their general thoughts on the conference. Go ahead, Bill. Um, I mean, I will say I, I agree. Microsoft was, was really good. Um, I think one of the things to consider, though, is, you know, while it was a good conference, there were a lot of titles that I think got people excited, they're still severely lacking in the exclusives department. I mean, we look at Microsoft exclusives, obviously there's a new Gears coming. I mean, I don't think anybody dislikes Gears. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you know what you're going to get with Gears of War. There's going to be right. chainsaws, there's going to be gore, there's going to be blood. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I'm okay with that. But I look at, you know, on the flip side, like PlayStation, and it's like exclusive, 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 exclusive. And... Well, I like what Microsoft is doing, especially like the Xbox Play Anywhere. That's huge to me, you know, because I can play their stuff on PC versus buying another $500 console. I feel like they need to do something in the exclusive game. And, you know, I mean, thinking about their titles, we saw we saw Gears. We have uh, Halo Infinite. Yeah. And I think that's it for exclusives that they have. Ashen. Ashen. Okay. One of the coolest looking games ever. I'm going to kill this. That was awesome. But yeah, not many. I just I, I looked at their conference and I was excited because they announced a lot of studios. But for me, it was it, it smelled of we're setting up for the long term. You have like a lot of gamer first services in place, like Game Pass, like the Play Anywhere. Um, of course, games are gold. Naturally, PlayStation Plus has their own version of that. But um, there's a lot of services that I think will become a lot more appealing when they we hit the restart button. We launch new consoles. I imagine Microsoft will have a new focus on getting exclusives out the door not that they never did but that i think um they'll be more careful and not announce things too early because that's one thing that they didn't do here they just talked about studios that they've added uh they addressed issues and once again it it screams we're setting up for the long run i mean having your probably your biggest reveal at e3 is we have five new studios that are first party being added to our family um i think that's big because like like bill said you know you know what you're getting with gears you know what you're getting with halo they're still exciting IP. They still add to the Xbox family, but they were special 
for their time in a way where that's what brought the audience in back in the early 2000s with Halo and then with the 360 that you know Gears was like that game that was oh my god I gotta get an Xbox for that they haven't really had that app since then that makes you I gotta get the newest Xbox and uh, you know aside from Rise Son of Rome it's a great game Um, but other than that (laughs) aside from that you know they, they really haven't done much to I think grab the consumer, but I mean there there were some like Scalebound looked like it was going to be awesome, and then it just it just vanished. Um, and then one one thing they didn't talk about it much in E3 because they had already announced it before, but I do think one thing they have going for them that kind of expands on what you said about them building for the future that new uh, accessibility kit that they came yeah, out with for like, yeah. gamers with disabilities that's huge because no nothing else really does that at all right now like even on on you know PC, you don't have that level of accessibility available. So I think that's a really smart move on their part. Absolutely, and it it, it speaks to the community they're trying to cultivate yeah. for the future. I mean, they already have like a very diehard following. You can tell people want to use their Xboxes because State of Decay Two in in May was the best selling game that month, and that was the same. That was a month after God of War, and that was the same month as Detroit Become Human, which was another big Sony exclusive that also reviewed pretty well. So. Yeah. People are ready to support Xbox, I think. They just want the game to play it. And I think there might be a little bit of reaching involved because State of Decay 2, I I liked it a lot, but it it definitely was buggy. Uh, You know, it it needed some work. And because of that, most people would pass on it. I think since so many people are, like, hungry to use the Xbox, they might have just jumped the gun and said, fuck it, I'm buying it anyway because I want to just play my Xbox. I can speak to that because I've done that with my Vita a million times. I just want to play my Vita. Justify my purchase. I'll fucking buy something for it. Carrick, though, what did you think overall of the conference? Yeah, I would say it was it was the best one to me just overall. I think that uh, Microsoft is going a completely different route right now. Value versus exclusives. I think that's fine. Backwards compatibility is huge. Enhanced, enhanced backwards compatibility is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. And I think Microsoft knows that. And they've said all games will be forward and backwards compatible. That's cool. Um, the one thing I did hate, hate, and I like Phil Spencer. I think he knows what he's doing, obviously. Even the people in the industry who work against him are like, that guy's a gamer. Like he's, He really actually truly is a gamer. The fact that they didn't show more Ashen is, was a huge misstep on their part. Because if you've seen Ashen, you already know what the fuck that game is going to do. And it, it looks like maybe they're worried about where it is. I don't know. But they said it's fall. I talked to Derek. He said it's for sure fall. Four is a four. Look like one of the greatest games. And I'm a big Forza Horizon fan. Forza Horizon 4 looked fantastic. But I think Microsoft's pretty smart because they also wanted to show people they were responding to the complaints. So I think this one was more like a, guys, we're listening, Mm -hmm. and we're buying studios. Also, something interesting a lot of people didn't pick up on, two of those studios were already working on games prior to Microsoft buying them. So they're farther along than a lot of people assume. So um, uh, Ninja Theory was for sure one, and Playground, we already know what they're making, which is, of course, Fable. So, yeah, they started like hitting at it. I'm like, oh, they're going to yeah. announce Fable, and then they just backed off on it. I, like, I know, and fuck? and Phil Spencer made it very clear that those are only four of the six they're buying. They they haven't announced the other, or five of the seven. One of the two, they have two more than five. Two companies that they're in the midst of, of buying. Giant Bomb did an interview, and Phil Spencer said that there were two huge, you know, acquisitions that they weren't they didn't get done with the business prior to being able to announce. It was enjoyable, guys. Like, it was, like, here's a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. And yeah. 
it, it, you know, you exclusive doesn't mean much, Maddie. You and I have talked about it. It, it. it sounds like it does, but if they're bad games, well, but see, and that's, that's they, the, the thing. The two sold for a good number because it was cheap, not necessarily because it was amazing. Yeah, but if we're if we're gonna talk exclusives, like, I mean, just look at look at look at what PlayStation's put out. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, phenomenal game. The new God of War, phenomenal game. It's a little bit older, but Bloodborne, phenomenal game. Like I love Bloodborne. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the exclusive PlayStation's putting out, they are phenomenal titles. Like hands down, some of the best titles of our generation. And I, I agree that you know exclusivity isn't everything, but when you're putting out consecutive like nine out of ten games that are like you know definite, you need to play this, you need to experience this titles. That I think that does say something like that. Oh, apologies. I wasn't saying that. I was okay. saying I was saying uh, exclusives doesn't mean they'll be good. Oh, Microsoft yeah. is proven with ReCore. No, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I agree. Oh, completely. okay. I apologize. This is something Maddie and I've talked about a, a couple times where it's right. like, yeah, it is exclusive, right, but right, guess right. what? Sea of Thieves ain't the best. <laughs> so it's like, right? So it's like, you're, it, what I sea meant was sea of lack of anything. Yeah, <laughs> that was the problem to me is that I get that Puddle they want exclusives. Ah, ah. You do. <laughs> it, they want exclusives, and I, I agree with you. Like, you, uh, Detroit loved it. God Award loved it. They've got a lot of good games. But Microsoft hasn't shown yeah. that they can do that. They, and so to me, I'm happy with them doing value right now. And in fact, I don't want them announcing anything. Like, I would much rather have them be like, shh, use two years of your time and go over there and make something good. Because State of Decay could have been great, and it didn't get the polish it needed. And what sucks is, like, another... Crackdown is just looking like... Yeah. It's, it's just been delayed so many times. I, I, I don't want to speak too soon, because I could easily sure. be wrong, but it's just looking like it's not going to be that app that they need. Especially because it's the third in the, entry, third in the franchise. You know, is that really going to be what brings everyone around to their xbox again it's going to be agents of mayhem too which is what worries because that yeah, game was great yeah. and i have a feeling you and i are going to sit down and start playing that and go mm. like not even angry just like uh and i don't want another uh i want yeah. something that makes me go oh fuck you the know? last time and, i went oh fuck with for an xbox game was was probably gears 4 honestly i really yeah, like I, that game yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure, like, there are hardcore Gears fans who, who dissected it and probably <laughs> don't think it's as good as the originals, which I respect, I get, but I, I really liked, especially the campaign, that one really, uh, that one kind of surprised me. Um, and Bill brought up a good point, guys, about the accessibility, like, because I do work with vets, and so a lot of them I talked to, that's the main thing they wanted to do, was play games, and now they're not able to yeah. physically. Yeah. And fucking uh, 99 bucks you can't tell me microsoft's not losing money on that and yeah. so the fact that they're like 99 bucks plug in anything you want we want more people joining gaming and that right there is like that was honestly one of the biggest things to me when they announced mm -hmm. that like i cannot wait to see that i'm gonna buy one even though yeah. I, I don't know if i'll need it but i'll buy it that's what i did with vampire they gave me a code i'm like i'm buying this anyway because yeah yeah it's right. so good <laughs> gotta support them where you can um yeah, anything else on the Microsoft conference, though? We saw kind of a focus on JRPGs, which was interesting yeah. considering Japanese yeah. is their their smallest market, easily. Yeah. Uh, very tiny. how many they sold, guys? They Thank sold 700 Xboxes and one Xbox X last week. That's in Japan. In Japan, there's some poor <laughs> sap so who bought a single Xbox X in a store, and they counted it. 
Like, Japan, Microsoft can never beat, can never crack Japan. It's not going to happen. No, because Sony is like, you know, it's, it's, it's there. Sony has a drape over Japan, and they're like, yeah. you fuck off and stay away, Microsoft. Well, and they're an American company, right? Yeah. And I think that, that and Nintendo. it's okay to admit that there, there's some yeah, there's, there's some markets that it's not going to get. You wanna, I mean, you got to look at it from Microsoft's perspective. They're fighting against two primarily Bohemians. Japanese companies. And yeah. So it's it's hey, a tough did you guys, to crack. Did either one of you guys were you excited at all for Forza Horizon Three? I didn't get much of a response. So, are you guys not that fan of those? I not a fan. No, racing games, sports games. I usually those are the two big categories. I just kind of avoid. Makes sense. I liked Forza Horizon Three a lot. Um, not that I'm going to stay away from it. Just there, this fall is looking really fucking busy, and like there, there are yeah. those mini games, yeah. I guess you could call them, that I'm looking forward to, like a Forza Horizon for like a Lego DC villains, like those games that oh, oh yeah. that'd be so fun to play. But it's it, um, Hitman Two is another one. It's like yeah, that'd be mm-hmm. fun, but it's just releasing in such a crowded section between That's- that, you know, games I actually want to play, trying not to burn myself out too. Uh, it's all stuff I want to balance for. I don't know if I'll squeeze those in. So, yeah, Horizon 4, like, it, it looks good. Um, I, I speak as someone who don't does not like racing games either, and Horizon 3 kind of brought me into the, the loop on that. So I have no reason to doubt 4. It's just, am I going to make time for it? Probably not. Yeah. Unless, like, my gamer ADD kicks in and I'm like, I gotta get something new now. Maybe that. Oh, dude, I'll talk you into it. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. I'll be like, codes are being given out, dude. What about really, yeah, I'll just check my schedule. <laughs> okay. Wait, you and I did a co- combination video. We did. We made it a pretty extensive four. Dis- yeah, like four a 50 minute discussion on yeah. that one. Good times. It was. All right, let's move on over to PlayStation. In my opinion, a little bit of a lackluster year on the E3 show floor for them, especially as someone who was there. Um, they just kind of focused on four primary titles it was Death Stranding, um, Ghost of Tsushima. Spider-Man and The Last of Us 2, a stellar lineup in the scheme of yeah. things, but no no surprise reveals that you expected E3, um, nothing crazy, But because we, we knew what we were getting going into this, so I think it removed some of the excitement. There was the awkwardness of shifting from like venue to venue and then having these droll interviews go on in between. I get what they were trying to do, but it was I didn't find it necessary. So what did you guys think of PlayStation's conference, generally? Like They, they felt to me like the hype man that GameStop hires to stand at the door and try to relate to you, but he doesn't actually know shit about games. And they were just like, oh, wow, that sure did look cool. I liked generic point number three about that title. Oh, wowzers. And it's like, would you shut the fuck up? Just go back to show us trailers. Mm. Um, so the presentation, I felt like, was like, yeah, the presentation was a one out of ten. The presentation was complete shit. Um, their title, title-wise, though, the lineup looks phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. Last of Us 2, like, the whole time I was watching that, I was like, there's no way this is. Is this gameplay? Is this cinematic? I can't tell. And then I would see, like, like button prompts, and I'm like, no way, this is gameplay. And I'm like, no way, this is too scripted. I still don't know, but if that's actually what the gameplay of Last of Us 2 is going to be, it's, that's, like, game of the century. That is game yeah. of the right. um, Ghost of Tsushima looks pretty. I don't know if it'll be good. Right now, I feel it looks it looks too pretty. Mm-hmm. I worry it's going to be a very pretty title, but on gameplay, it's going to be lacking. Um, biggest thing for me was, which actually a minor announcement, but Neo Two. I am yeah, Neo, yeah. oh my god, I I about ejaculated all over when I heard <laughs> that. I was like, oh my god, you're not expecting I was, that. I thought it was soon. I wasn't expecting that. I I did not. 
Um, so that was because I was really hoping, you know, I think a lot of people were like, you know, what is what is going to be the new thing? Everyone expected uh, a new Souls-like, and we got Sekiro, but it's obviously not a Souls-like. It's going to be a single-player, you know, story, action, adventure, and, um, I mean, they, they definitely did a little bit of teasing with From Software, and then it's a fucking VR title. Yeah. Like, you might know Weird. From Software, and I'm like, Sony, From Software, let's go, Bloodborne yeah. 2. Yeah, it's so the like, same thing. Let's take a look at the new VR title they're making. It's a <laughs> fucking, it was like two pictures. I yeah. don't know what was going on. Yeah. Um, so then, like, having Neo 2 come down, it was like Michael coming down from the heavens. He's like, I am here to scratch your difficult game itch, my son. And I was like, yes, daddy, please give me games now. <laughs> and Oh, Neo 2. But, I mean, a lot of the other stuff, you know, like, the presentation, you know, like like I said, it was just kind of, I like their lineup, but I feel their presentation was shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, for me, I, I actually didn't put that two together, because, yeah, Sekiro, I didn't know was going to be a kind of single-player game. I read it was going to be, like, harder, they said, than, than Souls and Bloodborne, but I don't know how much that matters, especially, like, you, you're in that community, how much that matters if you can't create your own build and really dial in on that where neo 2 i was reading like has character customization i think they're like ditching william entirely i, I was like yeah. I, I said fuck yeah too when i saw that well the the two two points i want to make which are going to get your hype boner even more uh well neo neo 2 it's uh and this part of this is guessing part of this is based on interviews but if you watch the trailer your character turns into a yokai and during one of the dev interviews they confirm that there are yokai mechanics in place so i don't know if it means the guardian spirit system is gone but there will be some type of system where you become a yokai and get yokai abilities in the game which no way sounds, yeah that sounds fucking awesome yeah. like i'm all especially after fighting them the whole fucking game yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm about that yeah um and then and then sekiro even though it's going to be more of a single player that's been it's going to be a lot closer to kind of like a uh, like Ninja Gaiden, you know, like I'm single player, but it's very fast paced. And one of the, the big things, the combat system uh, is going to be a lot more than, um, you know, where Souls, you know, health bar, health bar, who's going to win? Very precise combat. Sekiro, the way it's going to work is there's like a, um, a poise system in place, if you will. And as you get these perfect parries, you know, the enemy's gauge kind of goes down, and the idea is to unbalance your opponent and then strike mm. for an instant kill type thing. So kind of reminiscent of some of the, the older games, like Way of the Samurai, uh, Tenshu, kind of similar mechanics in titles like those. Um, but I think even then, you know, it's it'll still be good. It's just people that are going into Sekiro thinking this is, you know, this is Bloodborne 2 or this is Dark Souls 4, it's not. From Software is definitely going to make a fantastic title, but you know you need to go into it expecting a single-player action adventure versus the the Souls like that okay. you know we're used to from them. Interesting. Uh, see, I didn't even know that, so that's good to know. Um, what you guys think of Spider-Man, Carrick? I know you were like raging over yeah. that one. You were like, fuck yeah. yeah. And you know me, I'm not a big Spider-Man fan. Yeah. But like they had that technically wise, they had that shit just nailed down. There was a couple mm. little frame rate issues here or there, but infinite draw distance, a couple things they're doing with the GPU that's different than other games. I was like, to me, I, those other Sony titles, meh. Like I get really? Neo, of course, Neo, because like I'm a fucking huge Neo fan. So like that is definitely on the list. But like Death Stranding, I was all okay, great. You're a fucking baby delivery man. Like I <laughs> don't really care. 
No one um, knows what that game no is. No one knows, right? And it could turn out to be awesome, so I'm sure somebody's yeah. madly typing into the comments. I'm you guys that I don't give a fuck about Death Stranding. Maybe that's yeah, not and, what you were saying, but I don't. I don't. The best description I heard of it, somebody said that it is a Amazon Prime delivery simulator yeah. based in a dystopian <laughs> future where invisible <laughs> monsters try to steal your packages. Yeah, it's in. It's like an embryo Uber. Yeah. From what it looks like, so <laughs> I looked at those. La um, Last of Us is is definitely gameplay, but it's uh, usually scripted AI results, which I didn't like. Where like you turn and that's right when the enemy turns, all that kind of stuff. So that won't play out the same for us. That's okay. I thought it looked fantastic. I mean, soft lighting in that game. They're doing shit with soft lighting in that game, as Bill said. Where you're all, what? Like, is that a what the fuck? Because, because guys, the gameplay looked way better than the cutscene. That cutscene looked like two mannequins kissing. Like, I don't know what was going on with the cutscene. Yeah. It was they were all shiny. They looked like fucking a bunch of Barbie dolls. And then you cut to the gameplay, and it's like, what the fuck? So that excites me a lot. But Spider Man, the animation blending, the shit that's going on in that game. And again, Maddie got me into Spider Man because I'm not really into it. And then he was talking about it a while ago. And I was like, well, I'll keep an eye on it. If you don't like it. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'll come after you. But the <laughs> shit that they showed makes me believe that it will be the Batman title for Spider Man. And that's really what I think people want. I'm not necessarily in love with Batman combat. Why, why, why? Press Y yeah. to win. But what they show looked insane. And, and, Everything about Batman, because I just did a video on this, everything about like the old Batman games was like you can get on top of this golem, but then everybody can. And so it's the same overall pattern for everybody. There's a golem, you know you can get on it. But what goes on with uh, Spider-Man is anywhere in the world is climbable. So that means there's a flexibility to the entire yeah, form of that title. Really that's points in that video. Above, thank you. And it's above and beyond. <clears throat> and dude, I'm so excited. When that thing was playing, I was just like, and again, I'm not a big Spider-Man fan, but I was like, that's fucking technically some of the highest proficiency I've seen from anyone. Hmm. It looks like something a PC would need a 1080 Ti to deliver at times. Like it was that good. So to me, easily game like game of their show. Anything they show for Spider-Man. I I do I, agree with that. Um, especially the only concern I really will say I had with uh, Spider-Man is I was looking at like the little details. Um, mm -hmm. I was so I was looking at when he climbed up on the top of the the tall building and he goes and unlocks all these objectives around him. Like the first thing he does is he grabs a collectible, he grabs a backpack True. off the wall, and then he goes and clears out like a raid base and you know it's just waves of enemies. And then they go and get another collectible in this separate demo just on like a different perspective. And then he goes into another wave based area. And I'm just like. Okay, like, that's the last thing I want to see. It's just, yeah. like, that has been the poison that has killed every Spider-Man game for years. And Ubisoft titles. Yeah, any, repetitive, any, you know, get rid of the collectibles. open-world objectives. I, I personally don't mind collectibles, but when I just see two very basic types of missions to send yourself on, it's not, not a good time for me. Because um, I'm not, at least me personally, I don't play the superhero games for the story. Like, even Batman, which I thought had a really good story mode, I didn't come in for that experience of, sure. you know, tell me a great story. It was like, I want to yeah. be the Batman. Uh, same thing with Spider-Man. But I feel the objectives in a, in a New York City have to be somewhat enticing to keep you swinging through the world. Organic. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That too. Um, and I also saw one that was like a bomb challenge. Like he threw it in the air, he mashed R2 a bunch of times, he webs it up, and he gets like a gold medal. Um, 
What they should yeah, have that... probably done is just showcase like what these medals can be spent on. They said they're for like crafting materials or upgrades that you can use to make new suits, get new abilities with them. So if there's like a fucking huge wheel of gadgets like most Insomniac games have, and we have a ton of suits, which I know suits have unique abilities in their own right, you know, maybe maybe this won't be an issue. I'll enjoy going into these challenges because I know I'm getting like a new gameplay element yeah. out of it. Right. Like I just said, I want to be Spider-Man, so maybe that's what it's all built around. But just from watching it, much like Carrick, I was very impressed with a lot of the technical details. But when it came to the objectives, little yeah. little concerned because, like I said, I don't yeah. know if the story is going to be good or not. Insomniac certainly hasn't been the the world's grade A storyteller. They've always been about fun. You didn't like Fuse. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> oh man, good times. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima, I personally like though. Um, it. Did you play it, Manny? No, no, it wasn't playable. But I, what I saw, I didn't play any PlayStation games. I'll, I'll tell you guys when I have played something. I didn't play anything oh, okay. from Microsoft, PlayStation, or Nintendo actually, um, just because they were ones I never tried to get into contact with. But um, Ghost of Tsushima, I really liked because I, the camera angle. Honestly, yeah. that, that was mm-hmm. what really sold me. The camera angle, like when they that they said it was a side quest. That whole thing that happened, where where you get into this big fight with someone who seems pretty close to you, they said, "Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, this is all side quests." I was like, yeah. "That's pretty top tier shit." If if that's the case, I doubt it's concurrent across the whole game. Let's be honest, but um, it was just the camera angle. It was like, "Wow, this feels that's like I'm watching cinematic. a traditional." Yeah, a traditional samurai movie of some kind yeah. or something like that. And and it got me pretty hyped because I, I love that type of shit. I'm a sucker for that Japanese culture. Um, but this is just something different. Um, yeah. There's there a lot of samurai games, I feel. Um, Sekiro was kind of in that realm. There was also Ghost of Tsushima. And there was one other I can't remember right now. But my friends and I were like, geez, man, there's so many. Like I'm totally cool with it because it's an unexplored realm. Um, I kind of highlighted that a little bit with Vampire. I was like, that's a a section in gaming, like lore on vampires and that whole section. You know, is that something that we should explore? Same thing yes. at the end of Feeling with Samurais. It's like, yeah, let's go into that area because it may be common in movies, but it's not common in games. Right. At least later. I find it funny, though, that the, the camera angles look out you excited. For me, that, that was a turnoff mm. for, for the game because, you know, it's... It's supposed to be an open-world RPG. Um, and seeing the, the first camera angle, I was like, man, I really hope. Like, it, was, it was confirmed later in an interview that it's not just locked like that. But for a, a bit there, I was like, I mean, you know, I, I respect the whole traditional samurai battle thing, but if I got to play the whole fucking game like this, there's no way. Mm. And then, then they confirmed, like, you know, you can actually rotate the camera when I'm in fights. It's just like oh. that to give a, oh, you a cinematic like presentation. Okay. Yeah, I thought the whole... Because, I mean, we've I, there have been games like that where the whole game is fixed frame, and mm. that irritates the shit out of me. You know, that's, like, the stuff we'd expect from, like, like PS2 Resident Evil days. Yeah. That shit used to... And, like, I love those games, but the old Resident Evil game, that shit would irritate me because I'd be holding forward... And then the camera and would you suddenly around. go in a different direction. Yeah, and then <laughs> instead oh, of going dude. down the hall, I'm going back. And then I'm just in an infinite loop yeah. trying to go down a fucking hallway. Uh, but yeah, it's not, it's not, you, you can't freely move the camera, which is good. So that increased. Okay, I, yeah, I, I get that. I get that concern because I, I remember, I, I feel your pain because I remember the first camera angle when they encountered each other in like the shrubbery. I was uh, like, it was just on an awkward angle and it was staying there the whole time. I'm like, fuck, you know, this. I love what I'm seeing in the terms of combat. You know, it just looks like it's patience. You're just waiting for your enemy to strike and just staring them down. 
but the, like I said, the camera is just on this like awkward left centered angle, but your guy's all the way back here. Yeah, you know, and, it's like, and, like, like your enemies are in the foreground. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, you're like I, I can't even see if they're going to attack or not. <laughs> I hope I don't have to play like this. Exactly. No, I feel um, you on that. I, I don't know if Bill played it, but like God of War. Uh, yeah. Any any game that like locks me in, I start to get a little uncomfortable with over time, mm-hmm. and so it's like the same thing. He was talking about, you know, sometimes you play a game and you know you can play it, but you're like, damn. And it's funny enough, even a top tier title like God of War shows me that that's true for me too. Yeah. If I get too locked in for too long, I start like, it's almost where you get angry or just frustrated. You always feel a little bit cut off, and it's and no, no enemy has a fucking camera angle. They can yeah. see all directions, yeah. so it's like you're the human who's just fucked and the entire gameplay is based around that and so my hope with that game is that you can control it almost like maybe a cinematic button if you want to hit the cinematic button that'd be awesome and then if you don't you have your typical gameplay camera yeah and i would love camera setting like cinematic versus free rotation look at like basketball games they've got 18 cameras yeah true like it's time because if they do return to a resident evil i'll kill myself I can't fucking. I had to re-review a Resident Evil game, and I had to literally go, "Okay, you got to remember, it's not based on today's gameplay. You have to really force yourself." Because I have never been so angry as watching that loading screen pop up multiple times. Because I was going up, then down, up, then down in some Resident Evil game. Yeah. So I, I hope. Talking about the remake or re-release of the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was. I I never bothered because of that. I was just like, it looks like something I just can't adjust to. It was frustrating as fuck. Mm. So, yeah. Um, I never, I never gave my thoughts on um, Last of Us Two. There was something with the the hand to hand combat. Uh, Mind you, I should I should specify I loved everything I saw, but there was something with the hand to hand combat that, uh, much like Bill, I was I was thinking to myself like, no fucking way, this is legit gameplay. No way, this is not scripted because there were like certain moments that. Like the way she, um, I think she like it was the way they were like fighting against each other, and the way she like pressed against a car at like one point, and the way like when she was hitting someone and then put them like down on their ass into the environment, the way she vaulted over things, it was like if it it, like like Bill said, if it is actually the case, it is game of the fucking century because it's like holy fuck smooth. Yeah. yeah, it's like exactly how you'd react in real life, but I'm like, that's exactly why I think it's a cutscene, because, or not a cutscene, but scripted. Like, there's no way you're gonna be rolling around and banging into the environment so casually and and so almost organically. Like, anything could happen because that's how a real fight would go in that circumstance. Um, that's the only thing that threw me off. Or I was like, I really want to get hyped here, but I'll show. I'll throw at. you a link, Maddie. There's a um. The interview with one of the leads who talks about the new motion capture tech. Okay. And it it, do, it certainly does seem like some of that stuff will be there because it would, it, it's yeah. some additional thing that they're doing. And I remember like people people were asking him after E3, and he was like, "No, we're using this new type of motion capture tech. Uh, the animation blending, like you said, like if you put your hand out, you know, those kind of things happen can mm-hmm. happen. But one thing I did notice in that game, like you did, is like there was no a lot of games have issues with collision detect- 
Yeah. You put your hand out, and they, they, it's rubbery. It's like you're not touching the item. You're touching yeah, like this invisible it, it, shield. Exactly. Like, you know, I'll go and to that, touch the corner of my laptop here, but, like, in the game, like, your fingers are just clipping through yeah, it a little yeah. bit. And it's like, he's kind of resting it there. But, like, when she, like, pressed against the corridor, like, you saw just... It, it was right there. Like that, yeah, yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. I agree. That's, like... And if they do, technically-wise, yeah, you're right. Game, like, game yeah. of the game of the ever at that yeah. point. Yeah, huge leap. I, and I, I don't fully doubt it just because... You look at The Last of Us 1 and how when Joel would engage in hand-to-hand combat, if you started punching to someone consecutively and you were near an object, he would grab them and, like, put them against the wall. Same thing with Uncharted. Like, when you're walking through a cave, once you start walking up to a wall, like, Nathan Drake would gradually put his hand out and touch the side of the wall. Just, like, a little detail. And it wasn't like that clipping thing, like, hand on the wall. So it's something that Naughty Dog could do. It's just, I mean, the way it, it looked, I was like, no way. Like, this can't... It, it was almost disbelief. I was like, this can't be actual yeah. gameplay. Like, this is what the game looks like. This is how the game plays. But no way all of this is in the final product. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, or there's, there's, that, no way, there's no one, way you can organically way. experience it to that yeah. level yeah. of detail. Unless you try, unless you know what you're going to do every single yeah. time. And the game does, too. Yeah. It, it, I, I think it's going to be one of those titles that certainly moves us forward, though. They're definitely okay. good at that. If there's oh, any company out there that can nail moving everybody to a completely different you know, marker, it's them. Definitely. Anyway, any uh, final thoughts on PlayStation? I feel bad for them, technically. But I feel bad for everybody. There was 18 open mics I counted. It was it was a disaster when you were when I was yeah, streaming some, it. Like it, it, you know, errors. you hear that one guy panicking in the background. I don't know if you heard that one guy at the Sony conference. He's like, "Don't tell me what to do." And then a little bit after, on another open mic, the guy's oh, like, yeah. "Can anybody fucking hear me?" And you're just like, "Oh, it felt <laughs> really bad for them." Like I was I was actually I was like, "Man, it was funny." I know but that. That, yeah. yeah, it was towards it, the end of the broadcast. You heard a lot of there was like a lot of uh, crosstalk going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wow. Like, That's the only. You know, thing. somebody probably lost their job. Basically, that, audio wow. engineers at all the B three that, that they thought it was yeah. funny during Ubisoft when the chick comes out. And she's like, "We nailed it," but then like fifteen seconds after that, Ubisoft had another open mic, and it just yeah. started. EA had some open mics. It was like the yeah. audio. He's right. Audio engineer most likely is now applying for jobs on LinkedIn. Yeah. Absolutely. So, anything else on PlayStation, though? Or... Nah. Wasn't right. much there. Nintendo. This was one I was looking forward to a lot. And uh, a little bit of a ball drop in here, in my opinion. Despite. Ball, yeah. ball drop? Yeah. Ball drop? Are yeah. you fucking kidding me, Maddie? I'm dead serious. Dead Papa Smash Bros. could ejaculate on your face right now, and you would <laughs> rub it into your skin. I, that was the reason I was so excited. I was Every. hyped for Smash. I was hyped for Pokemon. I still am. I wanted to see, like, new modes in Smash. I wanted to see new fighters. Like, okay, look, I get Ridley was highly requested. I feel mm-hmm. like I don't give a fuck about Splatoon. This is just me as a Nintendo fan. Like, I don't give a fuck about either of them. So, for me, I viewed those new additions to the roster as, like, scraping the bottom of the barrel. And then when you couple that with just bringing everyone back... It felt very... Oh, I just fucking cut my finger. It felt very <laughs> underwhelming. Because it, it just felt like, okay, here's a big nostalgia trip instead of, like, here's the new things we're bringing. Um, I get why people are excited. I'm still going to buy the game because I love Smash and I want to go back and play Solid Snake. I want to go back and play Squirtle and Ivysaur. You know, just, 
that fun Dude, shit. The Pokemon trainer looks fucking dope. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, Slapping the thing Pokemon. You know, the, the little changes that are coming to these characters, but it's like, you know, some people are going, oh, I was more excited, I'm more excited for this than I was for um, Smash 4. And I was like, well, I liked Smash 4 because it felt like a true evolution. Like, it was on the Wii U, but they were like, we're also bringing it to the DS, and then the DS had its own unique art style. And there was also, like, the announcement of new characters, the new modes, which I'm sure between now and December, with all the Nintendo Directs, we'll get that stuff. So I don't want to panic too soon. I'm not even panicking, I should say. But just for the E3 stuff, I, I was expecting, personally, a little, a little bit more. Crazy, man. See, I, I think we're going to see it, but we're going to see it with the... Like, you think about the, the last Smash. How many... For, for DLC, we had Ryu, we had Bayonetta, we had Mewtwo, we had Cloud... We had. Uh, I, isn't there more? Or is that it? Am I forgetting some? Uh, oh, we had we had uh, we had Corin. Um, he was DLC. No, no, who, not we're not Corin. Uh, the dragon chick, dragon chick from Fire Emblem Fates, the one that like, turns into a dragon. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah the, them, and then uh, I want to say there was like one more, but like that was for for that title, that was pretty good. And considering the roster we have, I mean, you know they're going to go a DLC route. You know they're going to add characters. Yeah. So, I'd say, if anything, it's more a blessing, because the whole fucking cast is here. So we know that they're not going to be pulling back anything old, and anything they add is going to be an original character. And I, I, I emphasize on original, because they already have, you know, like, Bomberman as an assist and whatnot. So mm-hmm. anything that exists as an assist, I find it unlikely that they'd add it in. So we're going to be getting other things. Um, now, the one thing that I will okay. say I'm, I'm concerned about that Nintendo didn't talk about is their whole online service. Cause they've been kind of talking about this, this online service for a while. And I want details. Cause I want to be able to boot up a smash lobby and like, you know, go on stream and have seven viewers come in and have a big old brawl. But it's still kind of in limbo and we don't know what the deal with that online service is going to be. And I feel that's an important, I mean, that's the biggest thing for me with smash is, you know, the community. No one buys Smash to just play it by themselves. You know, you buy it to play with friends, to play with people. And, like, what is what is going to be the deal here, Nintendo? We need details. Yeah. I mean, you know, what you just said about Smash, it does admittedly alter my opinion a little bit. You're right, because it, it does. You have 60-plus fully fleshed-out characters now oh. off the bat. Um, I, I guess, you know, my thing is, like, I want to see new ones. It's like, how much are they going to save for DLC? Because they very much did take the DLC route with Smash 4. It's like, well, who are they holding back now? Who or who will they end up holding back? Um, who could they even bring in? Is the other question. I know people talk about Waluigi. Yeah, but I don't, honestly, after the after the shit show that's happened with that, I don't think we'll see him just because the people they started uh, harassing the the director of Smash. Yeah, really. Yeah. Oh, they were going on. Yeah, they were. They were going, going on, on Twitter with some offensive shit. There was one like like um you know. Blah blah blah. Um, he committed uh, wow eleven, and it like showed like the twin towers getting blown up. Yeah, by, it was this, like, aggressive just, like, shit. Yeah, like, aggressive low tier mm-hmm. trash trolling. Yeah. Just yeah, that's stupid. And after that, you know, Nintendo's basically like, all right, y'all can go fucking climb back in your garbage can. Maybe I... that's why, Bill. Maybe that's why they don't talk about the online because yeah. they're just nervous. They're like, we don't want these trolls getting on here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> um. But dude, the move Mario Party, can we take a moment to appreciate a new Mario Party coming out? That looks so much fun. Hey, I have to admit something right here. I told my friends this and they were like, what? I never played Mario Party. Wow. Ever. Wow. Ever. I've only played like the Pokemon Stadium mini games, which I loved. But that's, that's about it. 
Mario Party ends friendships. Really? In, in the best <laughs> yeah. way possible, dude. Like, it's like GoldenEye, where people remember it six years later, and mm-hmm. they'll be like, I'm not coming over to your house. That's <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm hyped because I got a Switch, and my neighbor has a Switch, and he's just as much a nerd as I am. And I know we're going to have nights where him and the wife come over, and cool. we just fucking bust out some beer and play Mario Party up on the projector sitting there like trying to knock people like push them to the ground while they're trying to do challenges and shit so they fuck up like, I can't, I'm so excited that's funny as shit I mean that sounds like for me Dragon Ball Fighters like friendships were on the line hey, oh, no, 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 that's, like, that's what we usually play serious like, shit talk so... disgusting the thing, the, thing about, the thing about Mario Party is there's so much like like there is a lot of like like I want to say artificial skill. Like, you know, it's not like playing like CSGO or something, mm. but there is a little bit of finesse to the mini games. And you could be the most finesse fucker in the room, acing all these mini games, and then you get to the end, and there's just some like RNG bullshit, like the, oh, well, player four, we're going to give the, you tried award, and we're going to give them two of player one stars. And you're like, what the fuck? No, I earned those stars. Fuck you. Give those back. And, like, you're mad at the game, but you're also mad at your wife for suddenly taking stars from you. And you're like, how dare you? So, it, it, I mean, it invites, like, it, it, like, legit tension arises from playing that game. Like, it tests the boundaries of your friendship and your relationships. I love it. That sounds like it's good. I mean, what else? They didn't show Metroid. They, didn't mm-hmm. sh- they, they showed Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu. I can't, you- I can't do it, man. Yeah, like that? See, I'm all about, like, the, the one how I talked about there's going to be a new gen that comes out, probably, uh, you know, either late 2018, early 2019. Yes. But I can't go back to Gem 1 again. Like, mm. I like Gem 1. You know, I grew up in Gem 1. I remember, like, like running across the grass to my neighbors to trade fucking Pokemon. But I can't do it again. And the other thing is, looking at, at the whole let's go, it seems like you're just going to be, like, plomping around the world and being like, oh, I found a Pokemon. Boom! Caught it. And I think a big part of the game for me is, like, I get, I get my dick hard from, like, making that ultimate team and being like, I got fucking multiple type coverage here. I got that yeah. speed stat. I'm going to sweep your shit. And this scene is more like a casual go around and catch the Pokemon adventure and integrate with Pokemon Go. And that's cool and all, but as somebody, like, I consider myself a trainer more than I would consider myself a Pokemon fan. Like, if I'm at my friend's house and her kid's like, hey, Bill, you want to play me in Pokemon? I'm like, you're about to get fucked up, kid. Come here. <laughs> like, I'll pull out the DS and I'm burying this fucking kid with my Charizard Y with perfect IVs. He's going to cry when I'm done with him. And I'm not afraid to admit that. So the idea of just going around and catching the Pokemon, it's not, like, you know, I'm just kind of like, it's cool. You know, if it had been around when I was a kid, I would be fucking yeah. ecstatic for it. But, you know, fast forward, you know, 15, 20 years and... It's kind of like, come on, Nintendo, really? Mm. Like, fuck the new generation. What about me? Mm. Give me something. What do you think, Eric? Uh, I think that Fortnite was big for Nintendo. Um, I think that Sony can fuck off and die in a fire with their account locking bullshit that they. Yeah, that was that's something else, man. That's ridiculous. Yeah, we can. Yeah, I don't even mean to bring that. That's a long story. Just egg on their face at the end of a generation right now. (laughs) Yeah, and so. I think Fortnite's huge. I'm not a fan of it at all, but I'm so happy for people who are because they get to play it, you know, on the Switch if that's what they want to do. I think that's fucking awesome. I think that that's a huge get for Nintendo to get that on to a platform that it doesn't look the greatest or anything. It's not the most powerful platform. It's still very cool that they're being able to play it. But I will say this. I'm not a Smash Brothers fan, and I was riveted 
to that fucking trailer the entire time they were showing everything for Smash Brothers at the end. And that, I guess, should say that it looked cool to me. So I don't know anything about what you guys are talking about when you're talking about DLC and you're mentioning names. It sounds like another language. I just don't follow it. But I'm going to tell you right now, that trailer was going, and I was in Twitch just going like, I can't look away. Like, I'm actually interested in this. Mm. However, I don't have enough Adderall in the world to fucking play that game with eight people on my little screen. Oh, that dude, shit's going to be docked as fuck. There's yeah. no, they showed it and they zoom out and I'm like, fuck it. It's just blobs now. I just like, don't even participate going, in those fights. <laughs> fuck oh, dude, it, It's hilarious though. <laughs> it was like, that'll be a test to verify if your Adderall is being cut with baking soda. Because that shit is aggressive. I mean, they're going to be that big. There's going to be eight on the screen. I can't wait. I'm going to do docked. I'm not going to play that fucker, you know, handheld. But I, dude, I was so excited for that game. I don't know what it was. I was, it's just, and I loved how they were like, and I get that people think it's because Nintendo didn't have a lot to show. It doesn't really matter to me. They were showing like actual battle techniques and stuff in their E3 trailer, which sounds really weird, but I'm a nerd. And so to me, I was like, that's a fucking cool E3 trailer. Like that's, yeah. that's, a, that's the way to handle yeah. E3. Like, speak to me a little bit and tell me, like, where a frame counts or something like that. Well, was, yeah, that was the interesting part. It, it, yeah, that's... Yeah, you well, for for the, 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 the professional scene, like the competitive scene... Yeah. Dude, you know, everybody... Because the Smash competitive scene is huge. I'd say it's one of the biggest fighting game scenes, if not yeah. the biggest. And, you know, everyone from the scene had, like, erections seeing mechanical yeah. changes. Yeah. Because that's, that's yeah. what I had heard, too. You know, when I was looking up impressions videos, I'm like, you know, maybe I'm missing something here. That's constantly what I heard was like the technical aspect, like you can't uh, like rolling constantly on the stage, like you slow down, like there's almost a stamina gauge now where you can't just dodge roll everywhere. Yeah, air dashing. I think they said that's like something that's been almost nerfed. Where now you can bounce people off the arena. Blocking, like, yeah, blocking. It slowly like wears things down and slows down. I love yeah. it, man. God. You know, I, yeah, I think it's a game that. Um, how do I word it? It's almost in a way like, and I'm not saying this is what the game is, but it's almost like a remaster in a way where, where it's like once you play it, you get it. You're like, okay, like I see, I feel the differences. This is a more fun smash. This is different, but it's not like here's XYZ new modes and here's these new characters like I personally expected. It's like it looks like behind the scenes little tweaks, but based off the reception of a lot of Smash pros, it seems like a little more dramatic than that. Um... Back to Pokemon, though. <laughs> I got back into Pokemon Go because of the trailer with Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Like, I've been fucking grinding this shit again, man. Like, making sure I got everything to go for my Pokemon Go park because I was actually looking forward to it. Um, but I do share some of that eh, after seeing the gameplay. Like, I, you know, seeing that you don't fight wild Pokemon, for example, that yeah. you just catch them. Okay. I just kind of was like, what? That doesn't make sense. Like, how, like, am I going to use the berry system from Pokemon Go here, too? This, because, like, it works on a phone, because it's like, whatever, it's a phone fucking game. I don't give a yeah. shit. It's not supposed to make full sense. But, like, I'm not supposed to paralyze this guy or anything, because he's a strong Pokemon. Get him weak to make it easier to catch him. It's like, no. No, you just catch him. Um, I like the co-op trainer battles. I thought that was really cool. Um, I just wonder if they're going to add anything to the region you're in, Kanto. Um... It's a lot of questions to be asked about this. But, um, Outside of that, I wanted to ask you, Maddie, are you do you care about games like Hollow Knight, which was one that they showed? Oh, yeah. Because Hollow, uh, Hollow Knight's... I, I played uh, a little bit of that on uh, this laptop right here, and I okay. like it a lot. Very good okay. game. 
I don't know about you guys, but the switch hurts my hands. I've talked about this with Lone because Lone's got his little baby hands and he's fine. But for I'm, me, I'm with good. my I got bigger hands, hands uh, I, it hurts my right thumb a lot. Like mm. something about where that's placed. But I saw like Hollow Knight and a couple others that got me interested in like really sitting down and playing that portable, yeah. which I haven't had done in a while. Oh, Mostly because I'm is... reviewing it. It's Doc. Yeah, there are certain games that I just don't play because I know they feel better on different systems. I always yeah, go back to right. Shovel Knight. I remember playing it on my DS. I didn't have my DS XL at the time, so I had that same issue. Like, my hands would cramp and, yeah. and get really tight on that. So I couldn't play Shovel Knight comfortably, and I would fucking die because of it. Understood. I was like, I'm just going to wait till this thing comes to DeVita. I know it's going to come to DeVita one of these days, and I did, and it was way better. I enjoyed it. I liked that game a lot. Same thing with Hollow Knight. I was playing it on my computer. I'm like, this this isn't a computer game. Like This isn't a game I need to fucking run big yeah, at my, right. my fucking nice laptop or my nice PC on. It's like, I, I'll just wait for it to go on handheld. Now it's on Switch, and I'm going to pick it up. And Because I, I, I played it for a couple hours. I really fucking liked what I played. Um, it's just a matter of I just had to be patient. Same thing with Stardew Valley. I was like, yep, yeah, just waiting for Portable on that one. That's not a, a game I'm going to play on my PC. Because like, yeah, there's games that... Sorry to cut you off. Just no. I've talked about this before. It's the weirdest description ever. But there's just games I'm like, that's a lay in fucking bed game. I'm just no. going to lay in bed and play that on my handheld. And those three games just all scream that to me. I was going to say, I agree in all ways, except for the one game you and I have talked about multiple times. But for whatever reason, my PC version now is completely inferior to the Switch version. And that's Skyrim. Yeah. I don't know why, yeah. but sitting in bed playing Skyrim, I never thought would happen. Even though it's on everything. It's on your fucking Diet Pepsi. Like, that yeah. thing runs on everything. But when I got that for the Switch and sat down and it it ran, I was it was like magic. And mm. so I, I just really like that Nintendo showed a lot of little small games. I, I do wish they showed one more big game. I feel that we were missing a Metroid or something. Like there, It feels yeah. like something was missing. There wasn't like there like was one more big, big punch. Because yeah. like Smash yeah. was a huge announcement like two months before E3. And you're thinking like, oh, damn, they just announced Pokemon. What are they going to announce at E3 right. then? You know, what are they right. going to show us? And yeah. they, they didn't. They just showed us what we already knew. Kind of like how Sony approached it. So that surprise factor was gone. Just Sony had announced yeah. it. So it was like, are your expectations in check? Yes or no? Whereas Nintendo didn't say that. Yeah, um, I wish we had seen one more big game because Ubisoft, mm -hmm. which we'll cover in a second, did Star Fox for that flying game oh, yeah. instead of a Star Fox Switch game, which I would have probably seen people murder each other yeah. over that. Like, they would have loved it. Oh, yeah. dude, yeah. Um, anything else from Nintendo? I just I, I was, like, half asleep during it. Like, I remember my friend had it hooked up to his laptop, which was connected to the H HDMI to the TV um, in our hotel room. And, like, all of us were asleep. And what woke me up was literally all I hear is I just see my friend just hunched over his laptop like this with headphones on. And, <laughs> and all I hear is, oh, let's go. And I'm just like, what the fuck is that? I just, like, roll over. And I just see him, like, in a bathrobe like this watching the fucking Smash reveal. <laughs> and that's when I was like, awesome. yeah, put it on the big TV. I got to see this. And, and so I, I might have missed some announcements beforehand. But overall, Nintendo's conference from what I had thought. Worried huge. about that bathroom. You wake up, your friend's just huddled over in a bathroom. Oh, let's go. You're yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> that's exactly that. what I was thinking. Is I was like, is he looking at Tory Black videos, or what exactly <laughs> is occurring right now? Like, I don't know if I'd want to be in the same room with my best friend in uh, a lab. Nah, he, lo he loves his hentai, man. Anyway, oh, I will oh. say one one thing. They didn't. It was more just like an overview, but they had that one. Uh, they just like basically rapid fired through a bunch of titles that mm -hmm. are coming out, and a big one for me. Um, which was already announced, but they, uh, based off the success of Monster Hunter World, Capcom 
mm-hmm. is bringing over um, Double Cross to the West. And it's just, it's going to be like Generations Ultimate, but it's, you know, before World, it was the most comprehensive Monster Hunter game. And for a while, people were like, you know, Capcom, fucking give this to us. Right. Like, like I know people that they went and they, you know, they'd buy the Japanese version and they'd play it with like a phone translator to realize what the menus were saying. And I was like, I refuse to fucking do that. They need to right. give us the game. And, you know, World was a huge success with the Western market. And they're like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. Here you go. And so they're porting it, which is nice because, you know, Monster Hunter is a game that it's always been on a mobile form factor. I mean, yeah, given it started on PlayStation, but fuck that. It's a mobile game because, you know, it's great to go and hunt on the go with friends and having what's arguably one of the best Monster Hunters ever on the Switch in English is huge for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. my question is, and you'd know more about this, is, um, you know, World introduced a lot of mechanics that kept the Monster Hunter DNA, but mm-hmm. made it, I wouldn't say accessible, um... It was just a lot more smooth than I'd say other other games I played. Yeah, that too. Does this one have those in place, or is this like an older game just being put out there and Monster Hunter fans are going to like it? I wouldn't say it's it's older. I'd say this is um, Generations Ultimate is kind of in between World and some of the older titles because there's a there's a styles in the game. Like it's a lot more. It's weird to describe it something this way, but it's a lot more anime than world like you have different styles like aerial styles striker styles guild styles and it allows for some really really flashy combinations so mechanically there's just as much in this game as there was in world you're going to miss some of the accessible things like uh like some big things scout flies and more for example before that you had to hunt down monsters hit them with a paintball to keep tracking them you didn't just have scout flies that magically told you where something is mm-hmm. um which was huge you know, for people like me yeah um, so that you know, a little bit more getting back to the the roots of of how you hunt monsters, and obviously, you know, you're going to have load screens between zones again, as opposed to just one whole seamless okay. area like you have with World. But uh, combat wise, like there's there's things that are in World that won't be in Generations Ultimate, but there's things with the hunting styles that are super badass that you can't do in World. Okay. Like, Ariel stands for Great Sword. You know, it's you, you basically turn into fucking Cloud from Final Fantasy VII with uh, some of the shit pulling off. Uh, so, there's, there's some, yeah, there's some good stuff to look forward to. Okay, cool. So, I'll look into that for sure. Because I, I really liked World. You know, that was like... Yeah. I've never been big in the into the Monster Hunter genre, personally. Just mm. in general. Like, whether it was Tokiden, um, God Eater, or mm. uh, Monster Hunter, of course. It just never gripped me. So, that like, that was the first game to grip me. So, I'm more open to these types of games. So, I'll definitely look into that. And, uh, yeah, let's shift over to Bethesda. A little more third-party stuff here. All right, Bethesda. Um, would you guys say, was this your favorite third-party conference? Yes or no? We'll start off with that. Because we're covering three of them. Not for me. Okay. Not for me. I probably... Yeah, of course. I'm not, <laughs> I'd probably say it was my favorite. But um, that's because I got the announcements I've been looking for for uh, a good couple of years. But we'll get into that. What was the game that stood out to you most during their showcase? They announced a pretty good amount, like, you know, Wolfenstein yeah. co-op game, Doom Eternal, um, what else was there? Prey DLC, all free. Um, of course, Fallout 76, Starfield, Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls Blades. So let's hear it, fellas. Um, for me, definitely Doom Eternal. I mean, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd say with Doom, they reinvented what an FPS should be. Um which is ironic because they they also make Wolfenstein. I think Wolfenstein kind of follows that 
obnoxious approach of like shoot somebody high behind cover, shoot somebody high behind cover, and instead Doom is like in your fucking face, shotguns, yeah. explosions, fuck you, trucks and fire, and it's so much more enjoyable. Um, so seeing that there's a new Doom game coming has me incredibly hyped because I, I mean, the last Doom I did, I did a a drunk through of it, a drunk through <laughs> of a first person shooter, which is like. Like, you know, Drunk Through is usually Souls games, but Doom, it just fit the narrative so much. Yeah. I was sitting there just fucking pounding down beers and exploding demons, and I had a blast. And mm-hmm. knowing I'm going to do that with more Doom, I'm like, hell yes, let's do this. Dope. So, yeah. What about Big you, Carrie? Yeah, I was excited for Doom because that is fucking, I mean, such a phenomenal single-player game. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um but I was more interested in the idea of switching over and looking at co-op in Wolfenstein because while I liked Wolfenstein, um, it, it is a little bit, as Bill said, it's a, it, it follows a different pattern overall. So the idea of this co-op thing changing up, I love the idea of me like firing somebody and somebody over here doing the same thing, taking out those enemies, how they're going to handle AI, the difficulty there. So to me, when it comes to surprises-wise, which I don't think Bethesda did a good job overall in surprising me, that surprised me. I was not. I did not. I don't think I knew anything about that one. Like that was one of those ones where I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck? That's pretty insane." Um, Doom looked, I you know, hell on earth. Like you see the hell on earth stuff, you're just like, "Oh my god, that's awesome!" But I, to me, that's more of a known quality, and so I'm pretty guaranteed to probably like that game. Yeah. But uh, Wolfenstein was interesting, man. I was not. Ex- I mean, like I just didn't know what was going on when they were showing it, and I was like, "That's." Pretty cool. Yeah. It could be pretty cool, no, I should say. I, I agree, because if we're talking excitement level, I'm right there with you guys, too. Um, I know some people might be surprised because I'm a diehard Fallout fan, but uh, contrary to popular belief, it's like I'm waiting and seeing on that one. I just I can't say I'm fully fucking excited. It's like I'm excited at a new Fallout game, yeah, and I think Bethesda's right. trying some new ideas that can work out pretty well, you know, but there's just too many ifs, too many what, too many, rather, what ifs, too many but what about this? You know, it's just, there's too many question marks around this game for me to be like, I'm excited. Whereas with Doom, it's like, I know what I'm getting. I know I'm going to get something fast paced, something just in your face. Like Bill said, fucking explosions and shit. I'm about that. So I'm with you. But what I was really getting at, because I had to interrupt Carrick for this, was if we're talking interest, definitely Wolfenstein. That was like, all right, Wolfenstein co-op though. Like that's, that's a unique direction that I didn't expect that I would hope for one day, but I, I didn't think they'd actually do it. They just keep telling BJ's story. So I, I was really stoked on that one too. And then Ray, I mean, the fact is that game didn't sell incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And it, there has been some questions on where it's going and they didn't announce a new dishonored, which would have been cool. Yeah. So to me, Prey is sort of uh, in that weird, I don't know why they're not the same kind of game, but when I think of dishonored, I think of Prey. I don't know if it's because the studios involved or how the game plays. But I liked Prey a lot, a lot. And yeah. so the idea of this DLC, which I heard from your patrons as well as mine, is fucking amazing. I've heard so it's m- like, it's roguelite done yeah. well in AAA. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody I'm talking to is all, holy shit, this is great. So to me, that's so awesome to see a company continue to support a title that doesn't sell, that didn't light the world on fire. Yeah. Because we, we see that all the time where companies cut and run. 
Especially because they're adding like multiplayer kind of like I think uh, yeah. uh, the where you can play as the mimics. It was very reminiscent when I heard it when they were describing it. I was thinking like Bioshock multiplayer. I was like, this exactly. just fits the universe well and it makes sense. We can all yeah. be cups and pretend and just sit there and wait for somebody to come in and then turn into a fucking bad guy. Yeah, yeah man. Like I'm so I'm so stoked for them. Bravo to them for, for supporting. And you know, bravo to Bethesda for for showing you know yet again like we're gonna support the game that may not have done super well in sales kind of like what they did with death of the outsider like we're going to support this game even though it didn't like you said light the world on fire i I think that's that's very key to getting companies to join their family it's showing like hey if your your game doesn't sell that well we'll give you a second shot in a year and and try a big dlc release and see how that goes and see if that really stokes some interest i I think did you play prey I did. I haven't looked at the DLC either, but um, were you? Went, did you like it? Or I did. I did. I went into oh. Prey not really knowing what to expect, and I was I was pleasantly surprised. Like oh, I got okay. to the to the end and, and definitely had some questions, and was like, okay, you know, it's. Uh, I don't think the DLC answers any of the questions I had. Like like you said, it's like a, a roguelike. But I also I have heard from people that it's it's uh, like you said a roguelike, but done at a AAA standard. So. Cool. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, Maddie. I just couldn't, no, no, I couldn't you're remember good, if he had said he played it. You're fine. Um, what about... We'll, we'll go to the Bethesda Game Studio section, because that, that was kind of like... Everything else felt like, let's just get these announcements done. Even Doom, like something big like that. They didn't come out and show big gameplay. They were just yeah. like, yeah, we're doing it. Um, which I thought was a little disappointing. But the, the main part of the conference was Fallout 76 and just everything... Bethesda Game Studios roadmaps, pretty much. You know, what, what are they doing now... In the future. So, what do you guys generally think of Fallout 76? Because I've talked about it extensively on the channel, so please just take it away. <laughs> Bill, go for yeah, it. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's it's Fallout. Like, I mean, personally, I'm I, I, so full disclosure. I am. I feel that most Bethesda fans fall into two buckets. You have your Elder Scrolls fans, and you have your Fallout fans. Right. Um, you know, people can like both, but I feel like at the end of the day, it's you know they're they're two very different narratives. One, you have this this post-apocalyptic, uh, you know, kind of shooter setting. The other, you have this fantasy adventure, swords and magic setting. I am a much bigger fan of fantasy swords and magic adventure. So, okay. like I play Fallout games, but they're definitely not the thing that gets me hard. Uh, so seeing seventy six, I was kind of like, you know, this is interesting. Um, just coming off of Conan and and dealing with a little bit of the PvP there, I'm like. You know, Fallout, but kind of like Conan with the open world, and and I, I don't. I mean, I think the thing that that I liked about Fallout Four was this this you know this narrative, this story, like going through and and playing as a character, and then playing like a different character, and just saying you know fuck the story, I'm just going to travel in this direction, and you know encountering new things I hadn't found, and I worry that I won't be able to get that new experience and. In 76, because I'll be playing, I'll go in a direction, and instead of finding something that's cool, I got to deal with some little squeaky 11 year old that's like, Yay, fucking bitch, I killed you, and like mm-hmm. taking stuff from me. And I'm going to be like, You know, Bethesda, can I just play the fucking game without dealing with this? Like, that's that's what I go to Fallout for. And like other things, like Vats, how's Vats going to work in multiplayer? Uh, it's real time. Yeah. And by the way, you won't get looted if you get killed. I'm not defending the game, I'm just saying, just so you know. No, it's but, not yeah, like I... huge game changers. It's still online, there's still no offline mode, so. Yeah. It's like your I mean, even if, if somebody doesn't loot me, I mean, you gotta assume that there there is going to be some form of raid mechanic. Otherwise, what's the point of PvP? Yeah. If you can't if you can't take something, whether it's structure, 
you know, weapon that person was carrying, armor, then there's no resources. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's something. You, know you get caps if you like kill someone like in the trailer. Oh, yeah. well, see, no, and then that's 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 even worse because instead of getting somebody's loot, then you get these people that they'll be like, oh fuck yeah, like they'll they'll round up a bunch of newbies, build a fortress around them with automated turrets, and then literally farm them. Like fucking keep respawning. We want our caps. I don't know. It looks interesting, but I'm I'm not going to get on that hype train. I'm going to sit on the platform and and wait for the train to go by and see what it looks like. So I'll say one thing that I think is very cool. And Maddie, if you want, you can verify this, but I'm pretty sure it was official that somebody asked Todd, will you be able to ever play it single player without being connected? And he said, after release, that will at some point be possible. They are putting a single player component, and you will not need to be online. That's this came up. I'd love to hear okay. where he said that because that would probably it, be music to a lot of people's ears because it's been yeah, confirmed. I, like, yeah, there's no offline mode. That's all we. Yeah, heard. there isn't when it gets released, for sure. Mm. And this oh, pisses me off more, to be honest, because why? If yeah. you're going to do it later, do it now. I yeah. think the response might have been because Forza uh, Horizon Four got a ton of flack. They didn't know you could play that offline until later people asked i think that's a big thing now can i still play it single player i want to buy the game i don't want other people fucking with my game and you know bethesda has done well on explaining how they're thinking about doing some stuff but it's all thinking for a game that isn't that far out yeah and that disturbs me uh, like are you guys really because you're the developers you're yeah, asking us like, they're what like the fuck's yeah, we're, we're still testing things i'm like aren't you supposed to be close to done like we're five months out <laughs> yeah there's some question there on their timing or if they're being cagey they also said something along off. the lines of the worst thing I thought was they said something along the lines of we're just going to let the community like play and sort of look at balancing that way. And I'm like, holy shit, that could be a disaster because yeah. I, I won't come back. I mean, I didn't go back to Conan. It sounds like Bill likes Conan a lot. But when that first came out in early access, I played it a couple times. I'm like, I'm never fucking coming back. Yeah. So. I think a lot of gamers are like that. I think that you need to front load the game, not fucking tell me like an MMO, the shit that's good will come later. I don't want to hear about your end game in a patch. I don't want to hear about your single player in a patch. I don't want to hear about your balancing later. You know, that's why the beta is going to be really important for all of us to sort of just go like, what is this fucking thing? Because there's so much mystery. I think kind of on that on that note, I mean, we see that a lot in early access titles, which is a, a different, you know industry beast at the moment altogether but it kind of sounds like they're trying to take an early access approach but with a triple a price tag which those two don't fucking mix if they want to if they want to release the game and say you know right now it's an early access we really want your feedback and they put it out there for 20 30 bucks with an emphasis on you know taking fan feedback really to heart in the design phase Mm -hmm. that's fine but for them to drop out, um, I'm assuming what will be 59.99 game, yes. and then decide they want to get fan feedback to to influence balance. Nah, fuck that. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know the beta is going to be available on Xbox first. I know it's for people who pre-ordered, so there's that. Um, that and they didn't I'm... say that during that fucking event. Yeah, either. that one. I, that was a move I wasn't a huge fan of. I don't care about the Xbox first thing personally. Um, yeah. I know some people got an issue with the Bethesda net exclusivity for the beta itself. Once again, I think it's just the beta. I don't see Bethesda completely avoiding Steam on this. That would be hell to pay, and then so oh, yeah. unless they're afraid of Steam reviews, they're probably they probably self off or some are like, yep, we want to avoid that and just put it on Bethesda net where it's our own our own fucking platform. 
Um, not that I support it, but you know, I, I think that's just for the beta. Uh, what I was getting at though is I feel like this should be an open beta. I feel this should be a beta that all players yeah. can get involved in, um, because then you're, you're you're getting fans in, fans who just want to play. Um, mm-hmm. You're not getting in the people who are like, I'm going to try to grief. I'm going to try to fuck this up. I'm going to try to ruin people's experience. And so Bethesda <laughs> can watch those players come in, and how will they tackle it? I mean. The sad truth, I think, with Fallout 76 that no one's really talking about is that this has probably a 70% chance of being... 76% chance, we'll actually say, of being a fucking disaster when it launches right away. Like, there's just too many unanswered questions for this game to be so close to launch. How many players do we want in a server? Um, They're not going to get it all perfect. They're not going to. Like, how are we going to avoid griefing? Like Bill said, there's going to be players who just come in and you'll be surprised they find a fucking way to ruin your experience. It's going to happen. And that'll be a problem. And patches don't get just like that. You know, there's no avoiding that whole process. It is a lengthy period of time to get out the full patch. And like Carrick said, you lose me at that point. You, know, you can, you, people will bounce real fast, especially in a busy fall period. People will just be like, see ya. Um, and especially as a huge Fallout fan, like, I'm concerned. Will I even want to stay for this? If it, you know, just because I don't want to be really negative on it, because there are things in the game. I've talked about it extensively on the channel. I'm excited about potential role-playing mechanics being added where I can actually be someone and follow that route. I'm excited about a new world to explore. I love BGS's worlds more than probably any other video game world out there. Um, there's a lot I'm happy about, but there's just a lot of concern also tossed in its face. So IGN did an interview, Maddie, after E3's Bethesda conference. Okay. And there, so a couple things they it, they said for sure: there will be microtransactions of some kind, but that's well, most likely most likely cosmetics. cosmetic. Yeah, it's only. And cosmetics. then they said there for sure will be private servers in the future as well. Yes, that um, is for mods. I remember that. And mods, yeah. So to me, you know. If they get the private server out pretty quick, I wouldn't mind it as bad because I could just set up a private server and let nobody fucking in and just play it by myself and and test that. But the thing that scared me a little bit is after that event, they were asked what it was like and could you play single player all the time? And they said yes, but then during the event, if you listen, he says something along the lines of it will be like you can play it single player, but it will be easier or something multiplayer. And to me... That indicates we'll have the very typical division kind of thing where you can play it single player, but you're going to get your ass kicked at some point. Like, you're almost going to require that multiplayer mm. component. And that's mm. what I don't want. But, you know what? I'm, I'm open to it. I mean, well, it's, it could be great. It could I just be a wonder blast. How, how interesting is a single player game, or I'm sorry, how interesting is a game like Fallout 76, which is driven, its storytelling is driven by just its audio logs it's driven by Mm -hmm. it's terminals you know those types of things you find how interesting is that to play by yourself true you know i know some people look at borderlands bioshock and go well they told great stories through audio logs and they they did but there was a core narrative that you were following that was like pulling you along here if you're just with a couple of buddy or i'm sorry if you're just by yourself in an empty world now because there's no npcs and you're just going place to place exploring in a way, that could be cool, right? Because it's like the bombs just fell. You're the first people to come out and establish a presence. I don't know, but I just feel like because there isn't that main story dragging you along. Like, there is a main story, but I don't have high hopes for it. How will that all piece together? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think overall, um, 
I think maybe when I was reading that single player thing, most likely it was actually people just talking about private servers because I'm looking, I don't see that news. So, yeah. It, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, um, it, it'll be interesting to see. I'm like you said, man, if they make it one way and then they just try to force something in, is it going to be that interesting? You know, I, wa I just wanted. I just want more data. I'm really tired of Bethesda ball tickling everybody. As somebody told me in a prior podcast, they're like, there should be a hashtag, stop the ball tickling. And I really would agree with that. I like know Starfield and ES6? And, yeah, and just, I don't want to get too heady, because I know you guys are, you're, you're definitely a Bethesda channel, but and dude, I've said dude, this to you. Give your opinion. <laughs> Trust well, dude, me, it's way more It's, it's very more abusive as a relationship between their fans. And it's, People joke about it, but it's like they joke because it's almost like when somebody says, dude, that chick is not good for you. And you're like, yeah, she beats me because she loves me. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck? What kind of world do you live in? It's time to like give data about your games. You're asking me for $60. I don't know about anybody else. 60 bucks is a lot of fucking money to me. Uh, 60 bucks is not something I just throw away. We need some data. And it, I, I just, some of their shit infuriates me. And I know you know this, and I've, I've complained about it. I like their games. That's the problem. I wish I hated them. Because if I hated them all, I could just be like, I hate them and I hate their games. But instead, I'm like, I really like their games. Yeah. But I fucking hate when they open their mouth. See, yeah. For me, it's like, of course, a little bit of a different perspective because I've been speculating about Starfield and I'm like, I'm telling, I've been, I've been saying it for years. I put together yeah. the trademarks. I, I put together the proof. I was like, this is why Bethesda Game Studios are the ones working on Starfield. They said the reason they announced it was just because people were guessing. There was a lot of rumors, and they were like, we just want to clear it up and put a roadmap out, which, as, like, a hardcore fan of EGS, you know, I appreciate. I appreciate Fair knowing enough. what they're doing. But yeah. I agree. There is that extent of, okay, now is it an expectation of next year we hear something about Starfield? And right. maybe a little Fallout 76 DLC, and we're still waiting on ES6? Like, is it just the acknowledgement of, like, okay... It exists. Is that enough? Is that what Bethesda wanted to do? Um, they've never done this before, they said. That's the thing. They, they fly by the sea of their pants so much. I was watching an interview, and Todd was just like, yeah, we've never done this. We don't know like if this is going to be a thing where we're going to come out and talk every year about all these games, or if we're just going right. to talk about Fallout 76 next year. They're like, yeah, we, we think it's too early to talk about it. Yeah. And I get that, because they don't want to show a game too soon, uh, which I respect. But on the other hand, it, I just look at it and think to myself, like, I want to see more, and and why are you announcing it if you don't plan on showing us more? Like, who knows? Starfield could just have like a cyberpunk effect and just fall off the map for years. Completely. True. God, I hope not. Yeah. I hope, dude, that made me a little nervous. I didn't think about that. I it, it, that'll really, really depress me. Mm. I mean, but you're right. Who knows what they're going to announce next year? They do switch, and that's okay. They can switch depending on what they think works and what doesn't. But yeah. I just find that. It's like, look what we're working on, look what we're working on. Oh, we're telling you because there are people guessing. And it's like, do you really care about the people? I mean, do you, is that really the reason? Because yeah. I, I don't think there was a lot of disinformation out there. Your videos were all right. Well, most of them were right, right? I mean, most of the data you knew about Starfield was that yes. it was coming and it was this. So how many people were wrong and does that really require them to sort of bolt actually i will say this much i was wrong i was wrong last year i thought it was coming last year i didn't mm. say that yeah i i remember alone was the one making videos like here's why it's not coming so alone oh, was right gotcha. but then i was like <laughs> i was like if it's not this year i was like it's 2018 man it's like no doubter and so i was right on that front i don't think alone had argued that one though but that that part i remember because i know alone would remind me if i was like yeah well, yeah i was right but 
I'm excited uh, for it regardless. I yeah. just want to know. Yeah, no, I, I am too. I, I feel bad for Elder Scrolls fans because, like, seeing that that's at the end of Bethesda's roadmap. Yeah. And that, oh, man, like, I mean, you're just sitting there floating with ESO, ES Blades, and Legends. Like, fuck. Blades. Yeah, yeah, I'll say this, though. All right, Legends is a good game. Yes. I I played a shit out of Elder Scrolls Legends. Mm. What is it? Is that the card Uh, game? Yes, the card game, but it's it's done really well. Because it's, it's, uh, well, a couple points on. One, it's... It takes influence from like both Hearthstone and Magic the Gathering, so it has a lot of mechanics that you may be familiar with if you've played Magic, stuff like mm-hmm. like Trample, stuff like Drain, stuff like Haste. Um, but it simplifies it down into like a two-lane setup, so it's not as as just you know mind. Like I personally, I can't stand Hearthstone. I'm a huge Blizzard fanboy. I think Hearthstone is like mindlessly easy with the single right. lane. There's a double lane system going on. There's the rune system, which helps to counteract aggro. Um, you know, the lore is obviously there, so the lore and the card art and all that is amazing. Like, Ooh. I have tons and tons of hours in that. Probably the best thing, the fucking the form. Like, it is the best goddamn mobile phone game I've ever played. Yeah. Anytime, oh, well, anytime I, you get one of those bad poops, you're just like, oh, put it in. <laughs> you got to put in your got to put in your poop time. Yeah. There, there's tons of free shit too. I mean, they give Twitch drops, they have daily logins. Like, you can. You know, easily master the game from a free-to-play perspective as well, which I think it's is really big. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I played a decent amount of it. I liked it too. I, I just look at it as like people are probably like Skyrim was in 2011. When's the next major ES release? And it's like fuck, you're you're you know when we look at the timeline. Yeah, I was gonna say like we're looking 2020s, maybe even mid like 2023 <laughs> or four. Yeah. yeah, easy because I'm assuming Starfield, unless they were gonna show more, you're talking 2020. I yeah. think so too. They said it's playable. Right? They said it's playable. Well, okay. And uh, when I heard that, I was yeah. like, and they said it's fun, mm. and I was like, fuck, like that's something you could show off. That it, yeah. It's again, it's confusing. Like if it's but all it's there, a sci-fi game, you don't know the scope of it, right? Yeah. Like you don't know yeah. like if they're gonna. I, I the trademarks that ended up being true now were were all including multiplayer stuff, tournaments, online profiles, that type oh, of shit. shit. Yeah, and so I was looking oh, at that, thinking to myself, mm, this could be a lot bigger and more different, where it, it might be like playable, but it might be a ways off still. Okay, okay, gotcha. So, we'll see. Uh, any final thoughts on Bethesda? Um, oh, I, I have a question for both of you. Were you a little depressed by the graphics in Fallout 76? I'm not, I'm not a graphics a guy. I'm again. more of an art style guy, I've noticed. Yeah. Like, if graphics okay. don't change, I don't get upset. But art style is something that, you know, I, I really get behind. Like, that's why I love Arc System games. That's why Hollow Knight's one. I'm like, I love the art style here. Okay. Or in the Blind Forest. But, like, when graphics don't change, I'm like, yeah, this is Fallout. This is the world. Whatever. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of a, it's kind of cartoony looking in a, in a really weird way. Don't know how to describe it. I think it's just the, the vibrant colors, despite, like, this despair universe. But that's just <laughs> my answer. And, Bill, how about you? I mean, I wasn't really going into it expecting all that much to begin with. So, um, okay. I mean, I, th- I thought it looked okay. I do think that there there were parts in the trailer, at least, that would. It, it seemed like there were frame dips, and I don't know if it was just you know the source I was watching it from, or if there are actual frame dips in the footage they're trying to show the game off with, because that's kind of like a like Ugh, you know at least get your shit straight before you show right. it to us type thing. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't have the the biggest amount of excitement for it to begin with. So okay, fair enough. 
<clears throat> Next on the list is Ubisoft. They, I actually missed their conference entirely because I was out at a meeting, so I wasn't able to see it. Uh, I went to their showcase afterwards, and so I saw, um, or not their showcase, their their demo area. So I saw uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I saw the Division 2. But outside of that, they had oh. Starlink there. They had Trials of some kind there. Yeah. Uh, I forgot yeah, what else I they had there. Wait. What did you guys think of Ubisoft in general? They knocked it out of the park for me. Um, I mean, if nothing else, just for the fact that the For Honor stuff, like... I'll, all right, so I want to say this. I think that you go back about three years, and I think UB was one of those companies that a lot of people had a general distaste for. Um, you know, there was kind of agreement that a lot of the stuff Ubisoft put out, it was just more the same shit. There wasn't anything innovative about what they were doing. Mm. And I think they've really turned it around. Like, they've... You know, they've gone from being a very, I'd say, below average game company to one that people actually are kind of like, you know, Ubisoft's doing some good shit now. Yeah. And, you know, I you agree. look at the turnaround they had with Siege. Um, I didn't play the Division after the launch, but I've heard that there was a massive turnaround with that. And for yep. me, at least, For Honor, dude, I had the biggest fucking erection over For Honor when it came <laughs> out. I was constantly playing that game, and I eventually just got burnt out because of, you know, lack of servers, lack of balance, etc. And then... You know, now, dude, I play, like, as soon as I'm done this podcast, I'm actually going, I'm picking up a keg, and then I'm playing For Honor for, like, eight fucking hours while getting wasted. Because it's so much goddamn fun now with, like, the balance and the dedicated servers and all that shit. So, and the other thing is, I'm a huge fucking Dynasty Warriors nerd. And oh, seeing really? them basically... I didn't know that. Dude, oh, God, I That's grew up playing that shit. Yeah. And they're, they're bringing... Chinese warriors into For Honor. So, right. seeing what's basically Wan Yu show up on yeah, the screen... I was I was out getting lunch, and I was like, hold the fucking up, hold the fuck up. Ran outside of the bar. People think I'm, like, running out of my tab or something, and I'm just sitting outside like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> I was going off. Um, That's dope. I got to look into that. Yeah, but, I mean, on top of that, a lot of, like, I will say uh, Assassin's Creed, I really like what they're doing with it. Um, mm -hmm. I think many people felt that that franchise had kind of gotten stale. I think that Origins was a really nice way to mix up the combat, like, completely redid it. Um, and then kind of seeing them take this RPG approach with Odyssey, I'm excited to see where it goes. Okay. My only complaint is, from what we've seen, I don't think it should be an Assassin's Creed game. Mm -hmm. I don't think it... I think they could have just named it Odyssey. And I feel like the AC tag was kind of slapped down there to help make sales. It looks like it's going to be <sighs> an awesome game, but I don't see a link to the Assassin what we expect, you know. Yeah. Um, kind of the same when, like, Capcom put out uh, the the new Resident Evil. The, the, I forget what it was. Was it 7? Seven? 7, was it yeah, with the yeah. VR, yeah. Yeah, they could have just called it, like, Biohazard. And I would have played it. It was a fucking phenomenal game. Yeah, and, like, yeah. obviously at the very end, you had the tie into Umbrella, and you're like, oh, I guess it is a Resident Evil game. But that wasn't even needed, man. Like, mm. the game would have sold great on its own, and I feel that Odyssey could do the same. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, when it came to Ubisoft... Their most standout for me was Odyssey. I, I played it for about oh, an hour. Cool. And Jesus. Oh, I mean, awesome. holy shit, bro. I will say that. That was like arguably outside of Cyberpunk, awesome. like my game of the show. I really, I really? Re yeah, really liked what I played. Um, oh, that's cool. I'm an RPG sucker. I think everyone on the channel who listens to this show knows that. So seeing in a, a series that I've had that love hate relationship with, where I'm like, I want this series on track. Yeah, I want them to do something new. They're doing something new. So for me, I get what Bill's saying. Like, yeah, it, it, 
there were like stealth takedowns. There was the Assassin's Creed mechanics, but was there the actual Creed there? I didn't see anything like that. No. Um, so and it takes place after Origins, so it's a matter of how the story ties you into the Creed, I guess. We'll see if that even happens. Um, I'd imagine with the Assassin's Creed name it does. But yeah, it definitely loses a bit of identity, but I think it's it's, it's a good choice. This is kind of the, the DNA shakeup it needed, because even Origins, in a way, it felt it was yep. a good game. But there was this late game downfall as it fell into a tried and true, this feels the same, this feels the same, this feels the same. You know, the side quest where you either go to a base or follow this guy. Right. Same thing with the main story. It just became that constantly. And it was like, okay, I've had enough. I don't want to play this anymore. Where the first 20 hours, I was like, this is awesome. Like, Carrick, you remember that? Like, first 20 hours, you and I were DMing. Yep. We're like, dude, oh, my God, fucking love this game. And then... After that, put out my impressions, and then, yeah, I, I, I'm like, I'm going to finish the game. I'll give you guys my full review later, and, like, a couple weeks later, I post a review, and I'm like, yeah, it's not as good as I thought it was, or could have been. I, I will say this. This is a, a little bit of lore speculation, but given the time that Odyssey takes place in and the fact that it has a focus in Rome and Greece, and we kind of saw uh, the basis for the Templars and Origins come from that area, I think we may be taking an AC Rogue approach where we. Play I hope guys. so because that's one of my favorite AC games. Sorry for interrupting. I think I think, I think uh, that might be because it would make it would make sense because if you think about it, Origins was fucking origin of the Assassins. Yeah, if we're not right. playing as the Assassins, origin of the Templars. The Templars. Oh uh, yeah, dude, I explode myself. Um, are you done, Maddie? So I can give my impressions. Yeah, yeah of go for Ubisoft? it, bro. Yeah. So first of all, hats off to the fucking dancing panda. <laughs> that may sound like a joke, but that motherfucker grooved it for like 10 minutes in a furry outfit. And I don't know if they died afterwards, but they just kept dancing. We were sitting there laughing in Discord going, he's still fucking dancing, dude. That was hilarious, but typical Ubisoft weirdness that you always get in their events. It doesn't matter if Aisha Taylor's doing it or if these guys are doing it. But I'm a sucker for that fucking spaceship game. The little build your spaceship game that they showed Star Fox for. Um, Starlink. I think is what that's called. I was stoked for that. And then um, I'm not stoked for the crew. I'm going to be honest, the crew too, like some of their stuff. But you have to, you, as Bill said, they're a company that I think is starting to prove that games as a service can technically work. And they're doing a fantastic job with support. Like Bravo, outside of any of the games that they even showed. I mean, For Honor, they showed a ton of support for that. They, they're just really good at that kind of thing. The only thing I would say is dedicated servers needed to be in For Honor Day 1. Yeah. And I'm a little pissed that we're getting another company that's like, well, we're going to add some of the stuff that I think as a gamer I would look at and go, why is that not in there right now? Um, that's the only problem I had with anything Ubisoft has done or said. I thought their conference was a fucking blast. It was hilarious. It was goofy. Beyond Good and Evil looked momentarily looked fantastic because I'm a huge fan of Beyond Good and Evil 1. So number two looked like it might be interesting. Um, but yeah, overall, man, I think they I think they were the best conference when it comes to third parties. Cool. Like, they just nailed it for me. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, man, Odyssey. I played uh, Division 2 as well. That was like one Oh, mission. yeah, what'd you think? Um, don't you don't you depress me. No, no, no. It, it wasn't bad. It was just okay. like a very small sliver. Like I didn't, mm. get, I didn't get to play enough. Where I remember when I went to an event for the Division One, and like you play for three hours, and it was like, okay, yeah. I know what this game is. With this one, it was, 
it's more of the division. I love the the setting of DC. Fucking yeah. awesome, especially as someone who's one of their favorite games of all time, Fallout 3, man. Like, yeah, yeah you got me, all right? Like, I'm definitely going to play this just because of the setting. It's post-apocalyptic. Like, I'm hooked. But um, they added... I played as a new class, like a demolitionist, and I get, like, uh-huh. a special weapon. So I took out, like, a grenade launcher, and I thought it would be limited, but, you know, I really blew some shit up. Like, I, f- I destroyed, like, fucking five enemies at once with one grenade, and, and they were, like, high-level enemies. So... The bullet sponging isn't there as much. Um, right. and when you do yeah, face a that. bullet sponging enemy, he comes out in literal, like, he's a fucking walking tank. Where you're like, okay, okay he awesome. can take a lot of shots. It makes sense. It's not like I'm shooting a normal human, and just because right. he's a special person, he'll take 40 shots. So I'm not guaranteeing that it's going to be like this at the final product. But, yeah, enemies are dropping pretty quickly. Um, it was kind of the same thing. Loot was dropping everywhere. Uh, I got to ask two questions of you. Graphically, was it as good as the trailer showed? And also, did anybody else shit themselves when that person dropped that homing trailer in the water, or mine in the water, in the trailer? Did you guys see that? I didn't see they the trailer. Dro- they drop, oh, they drop a mine. It's a homing mine. They drop it in the water, and it fucking jets off like a surfboard. And it was one of the coolest looking effects I've seen in, in like, really? a gameplay. Yeah, it, like, <laughs> jumped across, it skipped, and then it blows up in front of everybody. And we were just like, that's, that's the fucking so cool. Because cool. I love yeah, the kinetic. I it doesn't like need to do much. I just sometimes when it looks that visceral. Mm. But was graphically was that graphically, equal? So yes. you, very was pretty. it was it was good. Okay, very pretty, uh, very awesome. col- very colorful too. That's something I noticed with both those games when I sat down to play them. Color palette was on display with Origins. You kind of got that as well. Um, once you got into some of the later game areas, but right. with, with both Odyssey and Division Two, I mean, supremely colorful, pretty to look at games. Frame rate. No issues. Actually, sorry. Game crash for me. Game crash for Connor when we were playing mm-hmm. Division Two. What's what? Uh, what system were you playing on? PC, PC or Xbox? Yeah, oh, probably dev, dev builds on PC. Yeah, yeah. let's hope. Just uh, just a little heads up for those. I crashed there. the entire stream of Division One on the consoles when mm-hmm. we went to play it at PAX. So you can crash a console too. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Uh, any any last thoughts on Ubisoft? <clears throat> Did anybody else like Starlink? I was just going to ask. Oh, Starlink, yeah, that was one. I mean, I I think it was cool. Like, if I had a a son that was young, I mean, I don't know. The whole idea of, like, you know, buying the parts and building a ship, it's really cool, but I feel like it's it's either... I feel like there's two big demographics here. One is is kids, because you get that building stuff, and the other are guys our age where it's like yeah i got a hundred fucking dollars says my spaceship's better than you <laughs> right buying and so, yourself into success yeah, it kind of worries me a little bit <laughs> uh, but the concept looks cool okay. um, but the only other point i want to make we were talking about how how uh, games as a service and support and I, I know i've already gushed about four hundred tons but um go for it as far as i know for honor is it's the first time we've seen a title make a reappearance yeah. at E3. Like, actually with, like, a big, big floor presence. You don't see that a lot. Like, I don't think you ever see that. Like, can you think of another title where, like, a year after it had come out, they brought it back to E3 and said, look at what we're doing with this still. Uh, Aside from, like, fucking, like, Final Fantasy on 14, which is, like, an MMO. Yeah, like, it was, like, yeah, heavy online games. Like, uh, you don't see that. No, because usually they do it in, like, a, a patch, like the Division or, or Siege, where it just gains steam on its own. It's almost like yeah, earned yeah. marketing. Whereas... To so, so see them bring it back, yeah. I was like... 
on the big uh, stage. Pretty good surprise. Who's your favorite fighter in For Honor? Like what? What? Double McGloss. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I have all Vikings. Um, if I have to do Knight, I'm playing Centurion. If I have to do Weebs, I'm playing Aramusha. Otherwise, it's Vikings, Neodoro, Highlander, Berserker, Raider, Warlord, Shaman, cool. Valkyrie. Dope. The last one is Square Enix, and man, what a lengthy showcase that was! At 32 is, minutes long, they beat the. This is where you gotta out. put in the uh, if you have like a um, um, I don't know, I have, I have a soundboard, mm-hmm. like a it's a string deck, but this is this is where you should put in the uh, the prices sound right, effect, the prices right horn. <laughs> yeah. That's, that you can pretty much just do it, and now on the Square Enix and play that sound effect and kill the podcast because yeah. that basically describes how disappointing it was. Yeah, man. I mean, I was flabbergasted at how short it was. Um, it, it was on the same level of Bethesda's E3 2017 one, where I was like, "That was it." Um, especially because I thought, you know, if you're doing your first ever conference, you're probably watching a lot of people. You know what to do. I'm thinking like, "All right, Kingdom Hearts three. That's their big game, and I'm fucking stoked for this game, man. I cannot mm-hmm. wait for Kingdom Hearts three. Kingdom Hearts 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. Like, both that, I was talking about Fallout 3 as well. Like, they're in my top three, both these games. So, like, uh-huh. I'm thinking, all right, they're going to show a bunch of trailers and a nice, extensive gameplay preview of Kingdom Hearts 3. And it's like, they're just rolling trailer after trailer. I'm like, <laughs> maybe we're going to see a little tease of Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I'm like, nope, that's dead and gone. They show Dragon Quest extensively, which I'm not against. Like, I love JRPGs. Um, you know, contrary to someone who makes a channel based off of Western RPGs, I probably played almost as much JRPGs. Um, so that was, like, okay. But uh, the only announcement there that I was like, fuck yeah, was uh, Babylon by Platinum Games. Um, I forgot the full name of it. There was a, a Platinum Games oh, announcement that I was shit, like, I was like, was. fuck yes. So, that was about all I could take away from it. If any of you guys want to fire away, I mean, I don't know. I kind of already expressed my my disappointment. I guess the the big thing for me is, you know, these conferences are a chance to to show your stuff, is to show what is coming up, and not only that, but like think about from from a monetary perspective, the cost to rent out these <laughs> facilities and yeah. and get people in and all that. It's got to be. You know, I would guess that on average you're looking at a hundred thousand yeah. dollars minimum per conference, and all they fucking did was show trailers. Like there wasn't any, you know, let's talk about what we have coming to you. And it's like y'all could have put that shit on fucking YouTube and just made ad revenue from it mm. instead of fucking spending a hundred grand and showing it to people like it was a goddamn movie. Yeah, it just seems like a massive misstep, especially because. Square Enix hasn't done a conference in so long, and like you said, they had some some big dick hitters they could have come in with. Like, people would have lost their shit if they just like waited till the end and then suddenly pulled up Final Fantasy VII remake and showed us like actual gameplay, like the guy sitting there with the controller actively doing it. People would have lost their minds if they did the same thing with Kingdom Hearts Three. People would have lost their minds, and instead we got trailers, and it just feels like a huge, huge mistake. Yeah. Did they do Hitman? Is that Hitman? Did they move? Did they sell Hitman or did they buy Hitman? I keep forgetting. Is it Square Enix? It is. It is Square Enix. So they also wasted the Hitman announcement prior to E3, yeah. which I find to be shocking when you consider how good that game was and how enjoyable just overall it was. I was really shocked at te- how terrible the presentation was and the fact we got nothing during the event. It's just, it was a loss. I think all yeah. the way around. 
what a the, waste. Uh, the name of the the game, by the way, is Babylon's Fall. Um, <clears throat> what's I interesting don't even is remember that, that. Yeah, it was just like a quick trailer. Um, you see, like a picture of a a very big, almost castle-looking structure, and then you see like four of what looks like class archetypes. Like you see a, a what looks like a wizard, a crusader, oh an elf, shit, and they're okay, all just yeah. like just their shadow. And I'm just like, dude, this could be awesome. Like that screams to me like co-op, and if it's a platinum game, you know they they tried doing co-op with Ninja Turtles. It fucking sucked because Ninja Turtles is just a bad game, but. I mean, this is a company that sure. has a chance to start churning out some good shit. Like, we're talking, yep. we just had Nier, which is awesome. Oh, and yeah. I, granted, this is in, in uh, connection with Yoko Taro, who's a, a very smart man in many ways. And then we have, after that, Bayonetta 3. We also have Babylon's yeah. Fall, which could be awesome. Like, dude, Platinum's on their shit right now. This looks I, cool. It's kind of, I'm, I'm watching the trailer now. This kind of gives me a, a bit of a Gauntlet Legends type feel. If it's a Gauntlet Legends, I'll kill somebody. That's one of my favorite games of all time. I, yeah, I think yeah. I own every Dreamcast Gauntlet game there is. <laughs> like, a Gauntlet is awesome. That's what I saw when uh, they were showing the Shadow of the Wizard and stuff. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. man. Wizard's about to die, bitches. Yeah, bro. Can't it looks, wait. It looks fucking awesome. But I was so burned by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, though, yeah. to be honest, Maddie, that when Platinum Games is mentioned, I don't mean to be a dick, but when they're mentioned... I don't feel the same way as I think a lot of other people do. I, I mean, would be the same way if it weren't for Nier. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true, because Nier's I love God-tier Nier Automata to, to yeah, no end. I fucking the, the, love that was game. The music, the score from that game, oh my god. This yeah. cannot continue. This cannot yeah, continue. So and then they're releasing <laughs> that. That's one thing I forgot to mention during the Microsoft Xbox. section. Yeah, they're releasing it on Xbox finally, which is huge. So if you're an Xbox fan you never played Nier, you listen to this, dude, got to fucking buy it. Near was like the a no doubt. Near was the first time I've ever had a PR person who wasn't involved with the game email me when he was seeing me. I was posting gifs of it because we were allowed to post like small videos and he he DM'd me on Twitter and he's like, "Is that real? Like does it look that good?" And I'm like, "Dude, you have that's like the shit gif that I have yeah. of all of these that I have. Like it is it, it it wasn't necessarily the most beautiful game. It was the fact that when shit went to town in that game, it it felt so fluid and just so fun, and it looked so good in those momentary battle times. It was just, fuck, man. Yeah. I mean, the amusement park. I'm gonna remember all that shit for years. Yeah, amusement park. Like that'll park be stuck sure. in my brain. The, yeah, I still fighting that, that marionette chick, and, and at the end of that, yeah. it was just so and doing many that on the second playthrough and like getting more of her backstory. I was like, oh my yep. god, this is fucking yep. ridiculous. It, remember when people were like, this game is only five hours long. Like, yeah, I'm like, what are you, you doing? Yeah, put a little more time into it because I put like 60 hours into this shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it tells you it's not the end. Yeah. It fucking tells you right there. It's like, how the fuck did you do that? You just but, wonder how many people review happened? by like playing a couple hours and then going by word of mouth and being like, yeah, it kind of ends, but yeah, right. Anyway, uh, that's that's all we have for Square. Hey, we have EA too, though, right? Oh, God. You, Can we just not? Them? Can we just not? <laughs> Let's talk about shoutcasters and how amazing mobile games are on any yeah. free stage. Oh my god, Nobody? bro! I just, yeah. I'd, ra- I'd rather, I forgot about them. That's how it rolls. I know. I heard you say it was the last one, and I'm like, he forgot. He forgot yeah. the great demon. I mean, if you guys want to f- spitball on them, be my guest. But uh, I'll, I'll sit out on that one because I'm just like, I saw right, well, we, we, Battlefront we kinda, DLC. Okay. We discussed it a little bit. Uh, well, right, I'll say this: the EA original, the. Uh, um, mm, yeah, Premier Originals. Yeah, what is it? I'm, 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 Origin Access. 
the names escape me of the title right now. Um, oh, the uh, game. You know which one I'm talking about? It's like it's like almost like cell shaded type, and it's like the whole like uh, when we become lonely, we become monsters. Oh, sh- you mean the it looked like an old cartoon, like the old yeah. Wizards um, cartoon? It was uh, uh, not abandoned. It was um, oh, for fuck's sake. Sea of Solitude. Yes. Oh, oh, the other one. Yeah, Sea of Solitude looked awesome. Yeah, that looks good. Um, Damn. They just attacked me. Um, CS looked good. Aside from that, the only other big thing I think was obviously Anthem. And we were discussing this a little bit before we started the podcast, but we're seeing a lot of the same fucking promises we saw with Battlefront 2. Um, we're seeing a lot of very narrowly focused gameplay on play with our friends, Destiny and Monster Hunter had a baby, and you can play with your friends. And um, a lot of over-the-top, like the whole, like, I, I like the idea of moves comboing together, but like mm-hmm. that whole screen where she's like, combo, 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 like, I don't need to see a thousand fucking combos on my screen. You could have done it twice, and that would have been enough. And well, the other big thing is, this is not what Bioware is known for. And, you know, I'm fine with people going out of their comfort zone. Take a look at FromSoft. Sekiro is not what we're used to with FromSoft. But I fully expect that to be a AAA Game of the Year contender, just based on From's track record. Um, Bioware, though, their more recent track record, especially since the acquisition by EA, has been a slippery slope that's kind of covered in shit. And uh, (laughs) I feel like Anthem might be waiting at the bottom of that slope, so we'll we'll find out. Dude, I I just... I talked about how I like. I remember I went out to dinner while I was at E3 with a couple of YouTubers, and uh, Jackson or JB2017 was there, and he was telling me about Anthem, and I was just, and he was like, "Yeah, it's actually like really good." And I'm sitting there like, "Dude, I just, I can't, like, I just can't get behind it." I was like, "I love old Bioware, and it's not hiding me for, it's not hindering me from being critical, but I just look at it and I'm like, no, I just don't want any part in this at all." No. I'm okay with them switching it up. And I'm not saying you guys aren't. I'm okay with that. But I, And I will say what I saw in a trailer looked terrible. We talked about this, as Bill said prior. And then hearing from people who played it, there were people who were like, this play is way better than it shows. The <laughs> fact is, though, we've seen it. I enjoyed some small amount of time or, or an okay amount of time with Destiny 2, for example. Like, I enjoyed killing some bad guys in it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like Anthem is going to offer me anything more than that. And I don't want to hold Bioware to the uncomfortable fact that they're not Bioware anymore. They're, they're not. The, the Bioware that we see now isn't, they're not even the same company. They're different, yeah. completely different people. But at the same time, they sometimes try to tell you they are. <laughs> and yeah. They're not telling us very well. It doesn't matter if it's Inquisition or Andromeda. They're not doing a great job of of even selling us on it. And it's just a very odd situation right now where we're looking at this. It feels like Des- it feels like Destiny did well, number one did well, and that's all Bioware and EA were doing, was looking at what went well. And now we have Iron Man Destiny. Because that's what it looked like, was Iron Man flying around. Yeah. And and then did you guys hear the thing where they're like, we don't have romances in the game, but we may. And I was all, yeah. what the fuck would you... Who get, I don't want to fuck in a shooter like that. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> what are you talking about? Am I, bang, 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 bang. Like, no fucking sense. Why would you ever put that in a game? 
game. And they're like, it's almost like they're trying it. to appease the fans, or they think they're that appeasing exactly the fans like us. That's exactly what they're doing, yeah. That is exactly what they're doing. And that's the worst way a developer can make a game, yeah. is by just kowtowing to everybody. Yeah. Like, do what you want. You don't need people fucking in your game if it's a shooter like that. It doesn't. Especially because, like, Bioware is one of the few companies who's done romance really well. Yeah. And, and, Very and then, few companies. Yes. And then you can see even they are, like, starting to shoehorn it. And it's like, yeah. fuck. You know, <laughs> Tetris, now with sex. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, all right, what the fuck ever. Yeah, it's sad, man. I, I don't know about you guys, but I thought that EA's... Um, it was tone deaf to the point of Phil was saying that like prior we're looking at Ubisoft and it, we were worried they were going down that route. Activision fully down that route as Maddie will back up. And then it looks like EA is also completely in that route as well, where it's just that microtransaction. I mean, did you hear them? There's no microtransactions in this game, but FIFA came up, that shit died. They didn't say a single word about no microtransactions. FIFA is built on it. And yeah. Madden coming out on the PC, that's great for people who like sports games, that's awesome. But I don't want to unzip a fucking pack of cards for a dollar ninety nine. Like yeah. it doesn't make any sense. I, I that kind of shit needs to go. I will say I've really enjoyed watching them go on stage and try to hype up FIFA to an oh, E three crowd. And he was like, as of today, you can get on in it and fucking crickets. Everyone's looking yeah. at him like, nobody here <laughs> fucking cares, dude. <laughs> Wrong audience, right? Wrong audience. <laughs> Such a good so they just have like this interesting issue that no yeah. other one has because their most popular games are their sports games, which they have to talk about. And it's yeah. technically their front lines, but yet at the same time, they know the audience there is like, let's see Anthem, let's see the new Star Wars game, Fallen Order, whatever the fuck it's called. That's yeah. interesting, mind you, where it's taking place in the Star Wars universe. Um, it's like they're. I almost. I don't feel bad for them, but I, I almost like get why they have to do it. But it's for like, sure. yeah. you know, I feel FIFA's going to sell either way. It, it was also a very uncomfortable conference. I think the host did fine. They tried to be organic in their comments, but that Star Wars discussion in the front row was one of the most painful. Because wasn't that the one where she sits down and I she's didn't like, watch it, dude? I was on a plane. That's how little I fucking to. cared. No, no, no. I was like, I'm not Trust even scheduling me. around it. Trust me, you need to go watch it. It's, right. it, is the, it is that bad. I would love for you to go and check out the Star Wars reveal. It, it's, it's two people pretending that they just bumped into each other. It's, it almost makes me embarrassed to talk about it. It's so bad. <laughs> but, yeah, it, yeah, you need to check it out. I mean, all I right. can diss on them all I want, but they've got a couple games I like. A couple. So, we'll see. It'd be awesome. Yeah. I don't think it will be. All right, well, then that concludes the EA section. <clears throat> Enough of that bullshit. And, what about, uh, uh, so, so um, I think one thing would be fun, so to wrap up, um, then we've talked to everyone, top three games. Oof. Go. I got my top three. I can go first. You want to go away. first, Bill? Or you want, okay. No, no, take it away. Maneater, man without a shadow of a doubt, is my number one game oh of the God. show. That's a shark RPG single player and here's the thing when they were announcing this during the PC conference no one could believe them and then they're like you can buy bigger jaws you can blah 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 and they showed some graphics from it I'm like that shit's it, it, the reason why I think it's one of my top games to show is surprise I'm never surprised at these events and it, it's such a disappointment usually I think the PC gamer show did a great job too it was very laid back but pretty professional um, so Maneater number one Forza 
the reason why I think Forza Horizon is a, a game for me of the show is simply because it was gameplay. It was they were showing it. There was no trailer bullshit that you had to deal with where you were like, okay. is it real? And what have you. And then the last one, Spider-Man, without even hesitation. Like th those three wowed me for completely different reasons. But Spider-Man and Forza, because they showed something tangible. And and it showed what I think we'll be playing, which I think is a bonus for any E3 event. Hmm. Okay. What about I will you? say I'm, I just I just watched a trailer for Maneater, and that does look. Told you, dude. Very, it looks very appealing. <laughs> I could definitely Doesn't get it? down on just eating people as a shark. Yeah. Um. I mean, mine's mine's pretty obvious based on earlier Neo. Seeing like we we barely know anything, but knowing that there's. Neo is is one of my all-time favorite games. So wow. And, and and another thing, I didn't mention this earlier, but um, in the dev interview, I think the thing that got me most hyped is the dev said that, uh, and this is like a rough quote, but they basically said that with uh, Neo One, it was unfamiliar territory, and they weren't really sure what they were doing and how much they wanted to do. But now that they have done it and they're comfortable with it, this time the gloves are off. Oh. And hearing that come from the devs, I'm like, let's fucking go. Um, number two, probably Sekiro, just because I'm a huge from soft nerd, and I really want to see what they're going. I want to, I want to see what they do out of that Soulsborne element. I mean, they, they, they you know, they've obviously done uh, like the, I feel like they've become kind of synonymous with Souls. But I mean, my favorite from software games are fucking Armor Core. I loved Armor Core, and I was hoping we'd get one announced, but we didn't. Me too. Um, Close. I heard. Yeah. I heard it's nearby. Like I, I was listening to some news bit, and and they talked about. I think they did an interview with someone from FromSoft, and they were like, they didn't directly say like, yeah, it's coming, but they said, I think they said the VR game wasn't. They had three upcoming games, and the VR game wasn't one of them. As in, they're still working on something else. Yeah. And we got we got um, um what is it called uh uh. Japanese game show coming up, so okay. they might be keeping in their back pocket for that. Because the armor core, I mean, the whole the mecha, just whole schema, the whole the whole mechs and fighting that's huge in Japan. I mean, they fucking built a Gundam for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like people love that shit, so they might be saving it for Tokyo Game Show. Um, mm. And then my third is honestly, even though it's not a new game, man, that Four Honor update—it's fucking Dynasty Warriors and Four Honor. How can you not be hyped for that? Like, I'm just, oh man. Especially some of the executions, dude. There's one, the guy with the bow staff, he like he hits the guy, like hits him in the chin, knocks it back down, spins the staff, puts it under the guy's legs, like rips it up so it hits the guy right in the fucking dick, and the guy falls forward and like falls to the ground, and then he pulls out the staff, flips it over his shoulder, and goes boom and fucking splats the character's head. Like the shit explodes Mortal Kombat fatality style. And I'm like, holy shit, you That's fucking. awesome. Like, good stuff. Yeah, it's it's gonna be spicy. Hmm. Uh, for me, see, it's interesting because if we're talking like reveals, you know what we didn't know going in. Um, that's the list I'm gonna go with. I'd say, cause like the stuff I'm really excited for, I already knew about going in. Mm. But um, I'd say it starts off with um, probably. Because I, I went to Namco Bandai's booth, and, and one game that really impressed me, uh, and I'm a huge fan of the show, um, My Heroes One Justice. I love My Hero Academy. It's so fucking good. And they're making a game based off of it. And I was really concerned. Um, not really concerned, but cautiously optimistic, rather. My friends were really concerned. 
about what they had saw, and I was like, no, this game's going to be good. I was like, I said, My Hero Academy, way too popular to fuck this up. Like, they're going to get yeah. it right. They had it playable on the show floor. I played, like, ten fucking matches with my friend. It's a good-ass fighting game. It's Ooh. it's true to the art style. They have, like, current characters, um, like like Dobby, or uh, I'm saying his name wrong, but they, they have, like, characters who are already in the end of Season 3 in the game. And they're going to reveal more down the line. Uh, I, I just think it's awesome how current the game feels too. It, it just it was a really fun time, and the combos, the way everything connects. Um, really, just really excited as a, as a Hero Academy fan. Um, then Spider Man for sure. Spider Man, I am a huge fan of. He's like the reason I got into comics. I watched all the movies. I fucking dressed up for him as Halloween. I love Spider Man. Grew Last up week. with him. Yeah. Right, I, I fucking I am obsessed with this guy. So, Spider-Man game. Despite my concerns with the open world activity, seeing more of that, I was like, I'm ready. Like September can't come soon enough. And that's all I'm going to be playing once it comes out for sure. Um, I, and this isn't going in a chronological order, by the way. This one, I'd say as well on this list would be. Uh, I forgot to mention this during the Nintendo section, but it's one game that I'm really, really, really looking forward to. It had a three-hour demo released on the uh, Nintendo oh, store. Octopath. Octopath, Octopath. Octopath looks fucking good. I yeah. love sprite-based RPGs. Just it tickles my nostalgia. And this has, like, modern tech tossed into it. So you see, like, particle effects. You see, like, the backdrops are hand-drawn. Oh, cool. or maybe not hand-drawn, but they're, they're it's, like, modern techs implemented into yeah. what we grew up with and it's like mm-hmm. this is cool and the way you pick your character at the beginning of the game and they have path action so you can steal from someone or you could provoke someone into a fight um the way you can interact with the the world is unlike any other jrpg um and i think that's huge because jrpgs are while i love them they're very tried and true like okay let's get the these types of voice actors let's get this type of good versus evil plot and right. let's uh let's have them have this action battle system boom but this is kind of like more of a final fantasy tactics kind of battle system but it has a boost mode so you can hit like five consecutive times in a row yeah. you save up your boost meter um like i said the path action so the way you interact with the world if you get caught stealing you'll piss people off you have a reputation system it's a huge step forward for jrpgs i feel and it's not getting enough tension it comes out enough attention sorry and it's coming out July 13th. That is definitely, like, one I am fucking huge on, especially because I, I got to play it. Um, yep. So a little bit of an unorthodox list. It's It wasn't, like, anything really blew my socks off this E3. I mean, I was hyped about Starfield and, and Elder Scrolls Six, but, like, we didn't see the games, of course. So yeah. based off what we know and what we have, those are my top three for sure. It's, it's good to hear that about Hero Academia, though, because, like, I, I like Bandai. I like a lot of what they make. But some of the stuff, like... Sorry, Bandai, but you guys put out a lot of anime shovel trash. Yeah. Like, they, they sent me um, uh, the Seven Deadly Sins game. And my oh friend my God. hates that game. It was it, it was probably one of the biggest heaps of shit I've ever had to experience. Yeah. It was... Like, you had quests that were literal fetch quests. You played as the, the chick from the game and ran around this little map picking berries. And after seven berries... You got a good job completion screen. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, who is this designed for? What the fuck is this? How is this a full price game?" Yep, I've heard really bad things about it, so I feel you on that. So yeah, Hero Academy. It's like a 3D arena fighting game. 
Uh, sort of in the vein of uh, Ninja Storm, but I think a little bit more, uh, almost as slick. Um, you know, the it's a little more accessible, I'd say. It's just like a light attack, a heavy attack, and then you got a set of powers. Um, I think there's ultimate attack, and then there's like different abilities you can select. Yeah. Um, you can tag people in, not to like swap with them, but you can do support attacks, so that's kind of where the <laughs> ultimate ninja stuff comes into play. Um, and then, yeah, you can like tag them together for like really big combos, so... It, it, I, I loved what I played, and I was yeah. I was going in a little like cautiously optimistic, like all right, I love Hero Academy, but is this a good game? And, and like oh, you yeah, know, the stage is recurrent with the show. I mean, it's like it's going to be good because it's going to feel fresh. Yeah, that's how I am with um. I like uh, Jump Force. I had a lot of people like, oh my god, you're fucking Jump Force! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm like, guys, this isn't like like we haven't had Jump Battle games before. I had uh, you know, J Star's Victory Versus was the same Which shit. And like, yeah, I mean, and and the thing I think a lot of people. They forget with anime crossovers is yeah man it's this is a game that's it's playing to your nostalgia they're yeah. like will you play yeah you'll probably love it because you're getting to play fucking gintama and you're fighting goku but at the end of the day they're usually not that good so uh, that's that's my like cautious final fantasy yeah that's how i felt and then that's how i played jump force and that was one i was like jump yeah. force can be good but it, it was like very clunky um, the fighting in general was clunky, but also I hate in fighting games when you get like knocked down and you don't just have like a quick recovery button. Your character just kind of lays there, and there's like a timer, and then you get up and like the fight resumes. It's like that just yeah. like, it breaks the flow. It doesn't yeah. feel like you're playing as this fucking amazing badass from this manga or this anime. Just I hate it. And and this well, game has it because it wants to make the other person feel like a badass for making you lay down the floor for three seconds. I guess, but I just for me, I, I can't stand that. I just like being able to quick recover, hop up, get back in the fight. That's good. It's good to hear that about Hero Academia, though, yeah. especially because that show. I think that's another big thing is that they're they're keeping current because I know like the new um the new Attack on Titan game came out, and I like the first one. The second one had some improvements, but mm-hmm. like. 75% of it was shit we already knew. And like, exactly. Well, I didn't the, like it, it that much. The, the anime's not out there, but like the fucking manga's there. The material is there. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to go more in-depth into the Attack on Titan series, they could have. But they just stuck with the show. Yeah, but they stuck with the show. So knowing they're going ahead of you know keeping up with what they should for My Hero, that's good to see. Yeah, I mean, I won't spoil what, but um, yeah. I'm forgetting her name right now. Uh, Toga, she's the girl with the needles. Yeah. Um, she. I won't spoil what just for people who watch and whatnot. But it, she, like, you find out what her her quirk is, and I was like, so it's like that far ahead. Like they drew from future material, and when I yeah. saw it, I was like, oh fuck! Like this is gonna be, this is, like, when the show tackles this, I'm like, this is gonna be fucking awesome. But uh, that is uh, that is it, man. That is all I've got. No. Anyone else? No, you don't. You have to tell us what you thought of Cyberpunk. Oh, oh fuck, yeah. wow! Dude, how, did how the fuck did you forget about that? Come on, oh, come on, bro, Maddie. I've talked about Spill. it so much. No, no, no. Spill the news here. All right, the most important place. Yeah. So, <laughs> saw about an hour plus of Cyberpunk 2077. I was okay. Like as you guys can relate, as someone who plays a lot of video games and critiques them, you know, you you almost rate games in a way based off how well you remember them. You're like, this was a memorable experience. This stuck right. with me. And, and and when you play so much, there's so much input, it's a lot for you to just walk away and be speechless. Mm-hmm. To, and, not in a, and, and not in a bad way. Usually I feel we find ourselves speechless in, in a very bad way. I left this demo and I was, me and my friend Vinny, we saw it together and we were just like, that. Like we were just like, what the fuck? You know, it was, it left me speechless. 
And I'm trying not to be hyperbolic because I am one of the people who I love CD Projekt Red. They do good shit. They do amazing work, and their their reputation is well earned. But the circle jerk is so annoying. Just wish sometimes it would calm down. But like when you see this, it's like this is gonna amplify if if that was indicative of the whole product because between. The character creation system, which was a mixture of almost like Fallout and Mass Effect. You pick your backstory, but you also have like a, a skill tree system where you can, like I said, the, the skills that I remember were like strength, tech, um, engineering. That's all I can really think of at this moment in time. And how you can interact with the universe based off those skills. Like I said in my video, you could engineer your way out of a room by like messing with some type of control panel. Or you could... Um, use your tech skill to hack a keypad and that's how you could exit the room. So there it like rewards how you build your character. I didn't see any conversation options for those. Um, but it all boiled down to one choice that the developer had made while playing the game that spent, sent us on this path. Pretty much um, this gang member asked you for your help doing something and you had to get money to get, or he wanted to get this bot and there were multiple ways of going about it. But our, playthrough we decided to get the money for this bot by working with the government and it it brings you on this whole different path where you get caught in a government meetup with them you're held at gunpoint um you can betray them right there and the story will go off on a whole different path or you can just stick with them and then you go into this other hideout with these people who um it's kind of like a really tense almost drug deal sort of scenario where like everyone you got like four people pointing guns at each other like I said, like, and this is the first hour of the game they're showing. And, they're, and as you can tell, as I'm rolling on, like, it's like there's so much to remember. There's so much that happens. It was overwhelming. Like, it was legit and in a good way. It was like so much good shit is happening right now. Uh, choice and Consequence was so legit in it. Um, I love the way the upgrade system worked uh, since you're kind of like a – I wish I knew the right word for it. Um, oh, you are a cyberpunk. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you're able to upgrade yourself with tech. So you go to this doctor and you actually put your arm on the chair and he starts installing like different upgrades onto your arm um, and you see them physically, but also they gave her new abilities like being able to, he, he upgraded something with your eyes. So you actually see your head, not from the third person perspective, get removed, but you actually see like the camera get picked up and moved and he starts like putting a screwdriver in your eye and stuff and like working on you and you gain a ab- ability to scan people and see like the probability of conflict. So the best way to describe it was to to pull all that together because it was just a lot of info splattering at you is think of Prey 2, the one that we never got that got canceled. Think of that, Deus Ex, and the RPG mechanics of The Witcher. And you got yourself Cyberpunk. And some excellent first-person shooting mechanics, by the way. Like, really fucking good. Why can't they just give us the trailer, though? That's the one thing. Like, I love... I'm also a huge fan of CD Projekt, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they make quality products. But we're fucking 2018 here. You know, closed-door demos do not do it. And I think a big thing is, you know, we can't... Especially given kind of the overall gaming climate with where stuff is and promises and hype and, and, you know, microtransactions and loot boxes... I think that right now it's more important than ever to be transparent. And you know, CD Projekt Red has already made it very clear that you know the idea of microtransactions in their games is fucking laughable. You're going to get the best damn product available for your sixty dollars, 
And as we've seen from The Witcher 3 DLCs, when they do DLCs, like, <laughs> the $15 you spend is fucking worth. Mm-hmm. Like, the DLCs that they put out are on par with some fucking full-priced games. Yeah. Um, but show it to everyone else. Like, I didn't go to E3 this year because I'm saving up for the wedding. And, like, not being able to see it. Like, I want to fucking know. I want to see it, CD Projekt Red. Let, let the public open the goddamn doors and let the public see it. Stop yeah. hiding it. My, my thoughts are they, like, I was talking to some of the people who worked at CD Projekt Red, and, like, you could get, like, an, a sense of uh, nervousness, and they shared it on Twitter afterwards. They were like, we were really nervous leading up to this. So my thought is they, I don't know if it's a confidence thing, which I don't know how after The Witcher you're not super confident in your work, but, yeah. I mean, you, you put all your heart into your art. It's like they may have just wondered, do we want to get torn up by the internet yet? Let's see what the press yeah. thinks, because afterwards they, they handed out, like, opinion cards that you could hand in anonymously, and um, my my thing was like under the additional section I wrote show the public because like it was that good where I was like it's ready to to be seen. Um, but I think they were gathering feedback from the press and seeing like how they reacted, then how the public reacted in turn. I don't think it'll be long until you guys see what we saw. Yeah, because like, every all all the press I've heard, people are literally just ejaculating all over the it's, place. It's, it's, how it's, it's very good. Um, um, it's just oh. So Skill Up, the uh, YouTuber, he got to see it too, and he asked what Maddie did. It's like, you know, like, why are you possibly not showing this public? And I think the answer he got, same way Maddie did, where it was like alluding to things. But what he understood from it, first of all, he said same thing Maddie did. He was like, dude, it it's legitimately beyond next generation. Like, it'll blow your mind when you see mm-hmm. it. That I mean, and he's not one for that kind of hyperbole, usually when he sees something early. But he did say his thought process when he talked to them was that they were worried about a Witcher 3 downgrade and the worry that the public would expect one thing and their graphics targets another and you'll get a watchdog's effect. I mean, dude, the world was... No, no, no. Uh, They're just worried that as they build out for that tech target, like Uh, watchdogs, watchdogs got caught in a code freeze and people don't understand development enough, so they think it's only going to look better. That's not how development works. So it, his opinion when he talked to people was that it was more like, just like you said, confidence, making sure people thought a certain thing and then sort of understanding where they were. And remember, Witcher 3 got a downgrade and people shat all over it. We may have liked The Witcher, yeah. but it did get a downgrade. Watchdogs got a severe downgrade. And um, mm-hmm. I think right now it is, we want to see it, but I think there are more... Let's let's have everybody see yeah. it who wants to see it closed and have them react and then sort of go back and look at it. it yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Excited. I um I think that I didn't know that actually about The Witcher Three. Um, and I had paid attention to its E three coverage, so I didn't know there was like a huge downgrade to it. So that no huge for Watch Dogs, somewhat for Witcher. Somewhat. Yeah, there, there was a, like Witcher wasn't. It I wasn't, didn't think it was terrible. But. Yeah, it wasn't enough for it. Like made a major impact on the experience. And honestly, I think that's a lot of that is is people just. Being dickheads, like The yeah. Witcher was still a beautiful game. Yes, they're like, oh my god, they made it so that I don't see my hair particles. Oh, shut the fuck up! Like, no Watch Dogs, it, Watch but... Dogs One didn't look bad at all when you played it, but the yeah. com- comparison, comparison was out there already. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. unfortunate, but but I, I, I th- with that in mind, then it, it makes a little bit more sense because I mean, dude, like when I'm talking, he sh- she leaves her apartment building and like there's this dense population that reminded me yeah. of almost like hitman like just a ton of detailed npc on screen that all feel distinct um 
And Did then, you get like, to drive the car, Addy? Yes, we saw a car driving. There was car like <clears throat> shooting out the window. Oh. That part looked a little bit scripted, I will say. Oh. Um, because it looked like she was like, take the wheel, and she starts leaning out, and like this car is swerving back and forth in between lanes. Like, no chance the person's like steering the car and also aiming and shooting. Um, but it, it, it may have been just a scripted moment because it was a part of a story mission. Sure. It just happened. It was almost like The Last of Us, how we were saying it happened so organically, so dynamically, that I was sitting there like, no way. Yeah. Um, wow. But the thing it was like, the difference between The Last of Us and this was like, everything I saw was just raw gameplay. Like, it was mostly unscripted aside from that moment there. But the Last of Us, I went on about why I thought like, there might be some more scripted moments in there. Um, what was your level of detail, Maddie? Like, would you say Spider-Man level of detail? Like, I guess, if is there a game that you can compare it to? So you said Hitman. That's a good... So the Paris level in Hitman has about a hundred, two, 150 to 250 people on screen. Would dude, you say, like, the NPCs looked dude, as like, detailed you, or more? Well, I'm sitting in, in the back of a theater room here, like, or the left side, rather, of the theater room. From what I was looking at, you, she, like I said, she exits her apartment, and it's, like, almost in a plaza area. So there's, like, this first level that has a ton of people, and then you see cars, like, above. It's so that, that's Yeah, that's going on, a whole other element. And then you see, like, oh. levels of the plaza with people just walking by up there. And you're like, Awesome. So I couldn't get, like, an exact number, but I was like, that's a lot of people. Especially when you look at The Witcher, where, you know, you have the towns, which are cropped with yeah. a little amount of people. And even, like, Novigrad, you know, not super dense. There are a good amount of people, but... With this, I was like, fuck, man. Like, that, especially when you account for the gameplay mechanics. They have excellent first-person shooting. The Oh, man, dude, I didn't even tell you guys about this part. So that, that raid I was talking about where you're in this hideout, everyone's holding each other at gunpoint. Obviously, it goes to shit. So you're escaping this place. Like I said, you hack your way out of this doorway. And then she hacks into the mainframe. And you have, like, choices from there based off your skills. And so she shuts down... All the security guards, um, like, I, I think their mainframes are... No, like, they're mainframes, so they can't fucking see. She oh. takes out those spikes uh-huh. and, like, starts climbing on the wall, which is a whole other element, turns off, jumps on one guy, like, eviscerates him, and Jesus then... Christ. Or, I'm sorry, she didn't block out their memory banks. That was an option. You could also block jam their guns through this. Mm-hmm. So she... So the... There's two guards. She, like, eviscerates one, and the guard's like, holy shit, and he backs up and starts, like, to shoot, and he can't. So he's, like, shaking his gun and, like, trying to shoot you, and then she just cuts him down easy like that. And it's, like, that little level of, like I said, like, deus ex type of gameplay detail in a way. Like, you know, being able to fuck with the enemies before they even know you're there. Crazy. There was a a type of uh, bullet you could use on your gun where, let's say... Carrick, you're behind like a metal sheet of cover. There's a wall uh-huh. behind you. I'm across the room. I can aim at the wall, and then you'll see a dotted line hitting the wall, and then where it would reflect. <laughs> so you can uh, shoot geez. ricochet awesome. bullets. So that's awesome. He like aims around a corner and just shoots off the wall and takes out a guy hiding behind cover. And then he oh, had a man. shotgun that he charged up. And let's say I'm sitting behind cover, and and Carrick's like, that's it. I'm rushing you. He starts rushing out of cover. He just sits behind it, charges his shot. You see, like, a little uh, highlight or outline uh-huh. of him. And he just blasts him through the cover. And the cover doesn't oh. get destroyed, but, like, it permeates the, the cover. And then this just plasma ray, once again, just disintegrates this guy. Damn, man. Christ. I want to see this footage. Dude, yeah, I, I, that, that's I, the thing. That's why I wrote on the, on the thing. I was like, you know, I, I gave my honest feedback on it. There was one crash where the guy, like, he... he 
it was a very weird crash. Like he was running in the in the demo, or I think he was like dicking around. He like jumped and then tried to ground slide, and when he mm-hmm. ground slid, the, the the game just crashed. So and it was like not during a cutscene or anything like that. He was just running away from an area, so they had to like restart it there. Um, but that's why, like I said, in the in the feedback card, I would like wrote in capital letters. I was like, show the public. I was like, they need yeah. to see this, man. This shit is good. That's like, awesome. Well man. worth the that- hype. Would you say above The Last of Us just graphically because of... The Last know, of Us probably... might have looked better graphically. It depends because they're two completely different games. You have a very exactly. fast RPG, really which is a lot of like face-to-face conversations. Where, mm-hmm. I mean, The Last of Us is going to... Those cutscenes are going to be like a movie, man. Like They're going to be incredible. It's going to be awesome. And like you said, that new motion capture tech. So, I mean, if you look at them in their respective divisions, like one's an action adventure, single player game, and one's like right. a single player RPG. Like they're probably the best looking of their own respective oh, genres. That's awesome. So I can't um, wait. Cyberpunk. Yeah, dude, like worth the trip to E3 for that. It was like fucking shit, man. So that was I one game definitely... I was, I was like telling, I wasn't like telling anyone beforehand, but like, I remember making a patron video I was like, yeah, like I'm I'm visiting Ubisoft. I can talk about that. I'm gonna be visiting Bethesda. I can talk about that. And I'm talking. I'm visiting some other people. I can't say quite yet because I was under uh, embargo NDA. or NDA. Yeah. I'm sorry for um for CD Projekt Red because I knew I was going to see an appointment with them, and I was like, this has got to be Cyberpunk. I can't fucking wait. So that was one dude that I was like super jazzed for, and it was well worth it. But that's, yeah, I can't uh, wait. All I got on that one. All right, well, let's wrap this bad boy up. That was episode 160 of the Ham Radio Podcast. Bill, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, man. thank you. Yeah, man, I'm glad to uh, to finally finally tag along on one of these. Absolutely. Hope it was worth it. I hope you had a good time. I um, did. I've been touching myself the entire day. <laughs> that's that's why the camera. I think you might have started only previously. <laughs> yeah, it's not a groin cam. Thank <laughs> God. He's just in his. We we think he's dressed. Not at all. Just, just, the just from That's the waist it. up. Just yeah, the, the macho man shirt, just naked, being like, keep talking, keep talking about. That's why when he stood up, he like pulled it down. He's like, can't see yeah. my dick yet. <laughs> yeah, he's like, whoa, hide the junk. Anyway, for those who want to check out Gil's channel, once again, it's linked down below. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. The hashtag for this week, I think, you should just go with the E three. Yeah. So if you listen this far, we got all the Twitter handles on screen. Tweet at us that you listened with the hashtag E3, and we will catch you guys next week on episode 161. Peace out. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.